It's intro time. We don't know what we're talking about, but we'll figure it out on the way. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Hi, gang. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, season three episodes so far. Yes, and you are in for a real good one. Uh, today we'll be covering uh, 305, The Reckoning, and 306, Smells Like Teen Spirit. According to Netflix, The Reckoning is an episode in which a traditional senior prank night before the school year begins takes a deadly turn. And then the Smells Like Teen Spirit tells you uh, that as senior <laughs> year begins, Elena, Caroline, Bonnie, and Matt are reeling from recent events while Stefan carries out his latest assignment from Klaus. These are bangers. The Reckoning always, like, I feel like it should be the one titled Smells Like Teen Spirit. And so every time you're like The Reckoning, I'm like, wait, which one is that? You know, it's such a great episode. <laughs> it is kind of an odd title for it. I agree. Like, it, it, it is appropriately, like, ominous and big because it is like a brutal episode in some ways but uh it does seem like i don't know but the next one's a traditional high school one so i get it so fun i'm i'm unleashed in these episodes i am uh unwell in them so i did start um uh editing the episode for the end of the affair and we're already at uh joe being math on both episodes of that one. It wasn't because of the flashbacks. It was because, uh, it, this was because um, you were like, wait, so there's this Michael guy chasing Klaus now? And then we oh, had this whole rudder about, uh, yeah. yeah. That did bug me. Well, we can't say the we're going to have to cut that out because it's going in front of a season three episode. Oh, shit. So it hasn't ever been revealed yet. Now it's me. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm the spoiler. spoiler. Oh, God. <laughs> See how it feels, Joe? Oh, Jill, you're getting bleeped. I'm getting for the first time. <laughs> what a moment! Wow. Uh, Cheers. You grow up so fast. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that. Uh, but yeah, it's that, and you were like, "Wow!" So he's getting chased too. And then we did a whole joke about like that's just the entire format of the Vampire Diaries: people chasing people every season, and like a new guy coming along where it's like, "This guy is the." worst ever <laughs> and then the next guy's like this guy eats that guy for breakfast <laughs> but yeah you have said you want to rewatch the end of the affair so when you do, do. let me know whenever i mm-hmm. like every time a new episode drops and i listen back i'm just like <laughs> i was i'm annoying <laughs> true like it just takes me so long to process an episode so talking immediately after we watch them i'm still like yeah okay so this happened and then this happened and then once i process it i'm like oh no that was great but then it's too late (laughs) oh no maybe we should change how we do it no we're never changing this format (laughs) you want to space out us recording yeah fair enough it takes a long time as is i i don't think i think they think we're exaggerating when we say how long it takes for us to record. It, it, it's a journey. It's a big old block in my calendar. <laughs> uh, but it's all for you guys. It is. It's really. like my only socialization, so... Same <laughs> Happy here. to be here. <laughs> Fully same here. We're doing great! We're doing great. We love you lots. Uh, so I wanted to read an email that we got from our ampy Krista, uh, that, uh, is in response to something from the premiere episode, which is also something I've now cut out. So you should, if you haven't heard it yet, but now you're listening, 
<laughs> you will be like, what are you talking about? Uh, but here we go. Um, so Krista says, hi, Latoya, Morgan, and Jill. Hi, Krista. Hi. I've been loving the podcast and the general hilarity and horniness. There's also that I love seeing slash hearing people t- talking pop culture aimed at younger girls and women seriously as art. Yay. Yeah. But we do. We take it seriously. Um, I wanted to reach out quickly to give y'all a quick heads up. In the episode that came out last night, there's a quick mention of Steve Stevens going off the reservation. I love it. Steven. <laughs> I know that this is a common term and a lot of people don't know how violent, racist, and colonial its foundations are. This phrase was originally used by the Bureau of Indian Affairs agents to describe the ways that the pol- police native people and forced them into reservation and reserves as part of colonization. That force was always violent and resulted in a lot of death. A lot of indigenous people object to the casual use of this term, not only as pulling out those uh, at pulling at those violent histories, but also because it can participate in invisibilizing native people. Love the pod, but thought you might want some context. Yes, yes, Krista, we do want context. Thank you for saying that. I never thought about it at all, honestly. Uh, of course, I w- if I had, I wouldn't say it. I won't say it. I cut it out. Like, I cut it out immediately, literally, like 30 minutes after uh, Krista emailed us. I was like, I'll fix this immediately. Because <laughs> I don't like to offend people. And, and that I mean, like, I don't mean to be like a bad person. I all can offend mm-hmm. that fucking piece of shit racist. I'll yeah. offend them all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to offend offend a peoples. I don't want to offend yeah. a culture. Uh, I, I would we have fun here, but I am sure you we can all yeah, realize that we do this out of love and not any form of hatred or anything like that. And yes. if we say something that is a no-no, please let us know. Yeah, please call us out. Please. We are also so within happy reason. to remove stuff. I mean, yeah, please, within reason. <laughs> because um, sometimes people can get too far. Look, if you want to call me out for not liking Jeremy, like I, I that stuff stays in the pod. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, other stuff, like real stuff, please reach out. The last thing we want to do is make this a place that makes anyone feel uncomfortable or unsafe, like or unheard. Yeah, don't want people to feel like shit. We're not yeah. Matt Davis over here. bleep (laughs) we're not Nathaniel Bozalik over here (laughs) we might keep that one in I don't think people know that he's terrible but we should also put that keep that in then yeah we'll know Matt Davis is terrible at this point yeah Jesus uh yeah this is supposed to be fun and uh we want you to have the most fun so please uh reach out yeah but we'll never stop calling all these boys little bitches because they are yeah. little yeah. bitches. Yeah, I'll never stop using the phrase emo little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think people will be mad when we start calling Klaus a simp? <laughs> Is simp derogatory? I don't feel like th- some people are proudly simping. <laughs> <laughs> I, you never know. You never know. Remember when, they, when someone was like, himbo is actually, like, offensive? Good God. Yes. H- himbo, I mean, again, I am not a himbo. If, I, if a himbo <laughs> himself told me it hurts me to hear this, then, then let's have that conversation. But um, himbo to me seems like a word that only brings joy. <laughs> I feel like it's like a lovely term. Yeah. yeah. I, like when someone's a himbo, they fill my heart with absolute joy. I like they're good. 
I think a, a future character on Vampire Diaries could be discussed as the himbo. Again, I'm coming around to liking this character more and more the more I think about him, he, how stupid he is. He really is a himbo. He is a himbo. No, no. no. Okay. That's He's a, a true himbo future character. And he has rights. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, guys, <laughs> we're going to get into it. Uh, but until then, we'll be talking terrible accents that would make Dear Boreanaz cry. <laughs> uh, which you guys will hear when you get to season four of our episodes. Ooh, yeah. some accent work. Season four has a lot of uh, jacked guys with uh, terrible accents <laughs> or just a surprising accents. They open their mouth and you're like, what is this? Terrible but enjoyable at the same time. It was really funny. It changed everything. I, I had a smile on my face every time. <laughs> <laughs> and as I, I noted in uh, our chat for our viewing of the episode that will come in the future, um, eventually we'll have to have a deep discussion about the casting of Vampire Diaries and if it's mostly good yes. or mostly duds, because the duds are going to be coming even more. I want to do a blank check style performance review like so badly, and we just go through the IMDb and we pass fail everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so ready to fail. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some fails. And, and it's just you have to be honest because sometimes it's hard. It, like With just a pass fail system, I'm sure we're going to find people and it's going to be tough. So, I'm excited now. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> One day. <laughs> and without any further ado. <laughs> 15 minutes and you know what? had a good conversation it's yeah. quick and dirty for us <laughs> you guys can't see but i'm saluting you all right Bye. Bye. guys enjoy the app i'm halfway done editing it as of this recording <laughs> hopefully it's not halfway done when you download it it won't be bye <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Empire Diaries. Uh, we know the risk, but we had to podcast. I am one of your hosts, Latoya Ferguson. I'm Morgan Ludich. And I'm Jill Dayfield. And today we are talking about episodes five and six of season three, The Reckoning and Smells Like Teen Spirit. And we have a special guest with us, the number one voice expert, aka boyspert of the show, Michael <laughs> Chasen. Hello, great to be back. A couple of classic episodes we are talking about today. Good apps, good boys, let's go. Good boys, good girls. I should bring up before we get into the episode discussion, because I didn't bring it up in the, the last episode uh, we recorded for some reason. So after a lot of clowning on Damon's hair uh, <laughs> in the beginning of season three, I realized as I was wearing one of my patented black v-necks <laughs> that I have the same haircut as uh, Mr. Ian in uh, season three of The Vampire Diaries. Although my hair does not swoop in the back the way his has been. So, you know, it's better. I agree. Thank you. But I realized this and then I had to take a selfie and <laughs> show the girls. You know, I had to make it my profile pictures. <laughs> I respect you so much for being honest. <laughs> I, I, I made sure to do like a Carrie Bradshaw text when I uh, realized this. The Carrie Bradshaw text made me laugh so hard. I'm, I'm going to try to find it right now. <laughs> As I put on my black v-neck and combed my hair, I couldn't help but wonder. Did I hate Damon's season three hair because I have Damon's season three hair? <laughs> <laughs> 
perfect. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is what I did on Thursday morning. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And so that's how we're starting uh, this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it looks like he slightly cut his hair in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's still bad, but <laughs> it's better. For me, worlds of difference. The backflip is gone, and for yeah. me, that was that's like the number one sin of the haircut. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm good now. It just it looks better depending on the way a scene is shot, and it looks worse the way a scene is shot. That's just where we're at, we're at now, honestly, in season three of Vampire Diaries, <laughs> and that's really all that matters, right? About season three, like there's nothing else important happening, right? Oh yeah, these two episodes <laughs> are pretty uneventful. Nothing else to talk about but the hair, right? <laughs> No lines of dialogue that'll be in previously ons for seasons to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely no prank Sinatra's all around. Ooh, none of those. And no me jumping off the couch and uh, yelling lines of dialogue along with characters, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Literally before they would be said. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Doc Morgan. So obviously we are joking because that's what we do because we're just full of stupid bits. Yes. So... Obviously, Morgan has a lot to say about these episodes of television. A lot. But first, Jill will. This is her first time seeing these episodes of television. Jill, how did you feel about The Reckoning and Smells Like Teen Spirit? Um, besides the fact that they're both masterpieces, I have a small problem. Ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that small problem is Bad Steve is really coming for me. <laughs> uh, you, you, you see it as a problem. Oh, boy. Uh, Jill, that is a feature and not a bug. Uh, yes, uh, Bad Steve provides my favorite Stefan line ever uh, in, in these episodes. Which one is that? Watch it, dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did that. But Jill, please, more of your thoughts before we get into it. I was going to say Bad Steve is coming for my neck, but I stopped myself. <laughs> well, you did not stop yourself because you just said it. Yeah, but I stopped myself from saying it like, Seriously? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I see why Morgan is a big fan of The Reckoning. <laughs> it has some good Matt stuff. Right? Some really good Matt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And Bonnie. Really good Bonnie. It makes a really good case for Matt as a important part of the show. Yeah. And him and Bonnie, I think, have a really, really lovely chemistry that the show should use more. Uh, and doesn't. We uh, discussed this, like... I think back in season one, maybe or like early season two, but like really Bonnie and Matt should do kisses. Yeah. But the issue is then that Matt would have dated uh, Elena, Caroline and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Clearly we shouldn't, we just shouldn't have done Jeremy Bonnie at all. Yeah. Because the thing is like the Jeremy Bonnie story, if you do all of the exact beats, but it's with Matt, it makes it a million times better because like if, if like Bonnie's whole thing is that she's worried, she's like, I don't know, Elena dated him. Caroline dated him. Now I'm going to do it. Is that dumb? Am I just the third choice? Mm -hmm. I think that works way better than, oh, do I have to deal with the uncomfortable feeling of being attracted to my best Mm -hmm. friend's like kid brother? I just feel like that's always like a problem that Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they ever quite overcome because Jeremy just kind of always feels like the kid. Whereas Matt, I think they have a unique enough connection that 
Bonnie would never mm-hmm. always feel like the third choice, you know, like that they'd overcome easily. Because the issue is like, you don't want Matt Donovan, sweet boy, to be the town bicycle, but maybe he should be the town bicycle. <laughs> because like, I'm like, say, if Tyler's the town bicycle, like you can expect that out of him. Yeah. Same with Jeremy, honestly. Uh, with Matt, it's, it can be read as sweet and yeah. not like a bad thing. Because Matt Donovan, not a fuck boy. Yeah, no, it's truly just that he's like the most crushworthy guy in the world. Like if you put him in that mode, like he's just the sweetest guy, the guy everybody feels the most comfortable with. And I think that's kind of great, especially mm-hmm. given that this is a show that was marketed and became popular largely because it was a show that cultivated female desire, kind of like what I thought the first Magic Mike would be like, but was actually what Magic Mike XXL was like. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of something that enjoys having a lot of hot dudes mm-hmm. and, you know, like- Like Jeremy. Like Jeremy. Uh, no. <laughs> no, like, I mean, it, it's the aspirational idea of being in a love triangle caught between hot Stefan and hot Damon. Mm-hmm. And that's really fun. And I think that would have been totally fine to do with Matt and wouldn't have resulted in like any loss of credibility for him. They at least should give us just more Matt Bonnie, even if it's not like romantic, just because like you can't tell us that, you know, they were lifeguards together last summer and not show us like they were clearly better friends than Matt and Caroline ever were. So let us see that. Yes. And I just also just wish they would um, like, especially because they both have similar perspectives on the magic Mm -hmm. and that they both seem to be like very reluctant about this. Neither of them feels like this is what they wish they were doing. Mm -hmm. It's what they have to do because of where they're from and who they are. And I really like that about them. They're both kind of like reluctant heroes. It's not making them horny like it is with everyone else. Yeah, it's a different Mm -hmm. dynamic. Yes, I like that. It's good. So Michael, uh, before we get into Morgan's thoughts, again, we're not going to get into Morgan's thoughts until the last thoughts. Michael, what about the first time you saw these episodes when Morgan made you watch them? Uh, No, I I was definitely in at this point. I was liking season three so far, and I thought this was a really great episode and great pair of episodes. It has stuff I like in it, definitely. A lot going on at once, a lot of ideas, you know, emotions turning points and clever little moments which we'll talk about as they happen but no I, I think these are definitely uh, a strong pair of eps and I completely understand why the first one is Morgan's favorite and as for me uh, so like I said before second year in LA watching these and reading of course uh, Price Pearson's tv.com photo recaps which were I think they truly peaked uh, in this season. They were so good. I like vividly remember his photo recap for uh, um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and just like a lark, like having an identity crisis where like his, his classroom is out of control with like Stefan <laughs> and uh, Rebecca just like, oh no, <laughs> what is my life? Just watch it, dick. So important to me forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Poor Dana. After all this time of not now, Dana, now was the time for Dana. <laughs> Oh, Dana. Right. I guess poor Chad, too. No one, no one ever talks about Chad. We're the only ones who talk about Chad. I will make an effort to talk about Chad today. It's me, Chad, Mr. Saltzman. Oh, it's me, Chad. He's so sweet. He'd uh, gone too soon. Uh, a light in this dark world. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, uh, with those photo recaps, the Fruitopia machine is finally getting the focus it deserves. I believe they installed that for season three, so I'm very excited for more feature of that. Not just the cold drinks. <laughs> Fruitopia is the time to rise. But yeah, these episodes were, again, it's one of those things where h- how does this show keep elevating things? And then it does. And I'm just like, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> Truly. And you know what? They were, honestly. People were seeing it by this point. <laughs> Morgan, it is your turn finally. 
So as everybody said, 305 is probably my favorite episode of the show ever. I think it's fantastic. I, again, was at the height of my, is anyone seeing this? <laughs> Perception of the show at the time. I only had a friend back home, my dear friend Allison, that I would call about the show like pretty weekly. And we were just talking about the, the mere fact that this episode is so confident about setting the stakes and creating tension that at one point they just set a timer. <laughs> and they're like, something's going to happen. They just have the confidence to pan back to it every once in a while and be like, aren't you anxious? And I'm like, yeah, how dare you? <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just, it's a perfect piece of writing. It also is one of, I was in my freshman year in college in a screenwriting program when I watched this. So I was learning all of these really basic names for things in stories that I'd always known. Mm -hmm. One of them being plant and payoff. It's the idea that you give the audience a piece of information up top. And if you do it really gracefully, you won't, it won't totally feel like you're spoon feeding it to them for when it comes up later. Yeah. And the Matt and Bonnie conversation about lifeguarding with the CPR line, I think is the most perfect plant and payoff I've ever watched in anything. I think it's so wonderful because Matt is just kind of like organically talking about a time in his life where he felt less burdened. And I think that moment feels like a pure character moment. A lot of the times when people plant stuff, if someone's like, yeah, I'm an expert archer, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, cool. I can't wait to see them like use a fucking bow and arrow in 45 minutes into this movie. Mm -hmm. But Matt manages to deliver that and it manages to feel like such an organic piece of information. So when he says to Bonnie, all you have to do is be better than I was at CPR. It's so good. Like, you know exactly what it means. You know that it's important. You know that this is an act of trust because they've been friends for so long. And because this is a show about found family and community, it works. It is the moment Matt, like, becomes a member of the Scooby gang, in a way. Mm -hmm. And to do it that beautifully, I absolutely lost my mind. And that's just one of the million great things in this episode. Yeah. So I just feel like it's kind of on another level. And yeah. I think uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a perfect follow-up. And I will also add about The Reckoning. So obviously, by this point, plenty of people, plenty of critics had brought up Vampire Diaries' amazing pacing and how they can just burn through plot. Like, it's no big deal. And like they do it well, which a lot of shows could not ever do it. And honestly, I've still never seen a show replicate the way the show does pacing and reckoning says haha we're gonna heighten that and you're gonna like lose your shit which yeah. is what happened honestly while we were all watching this episode uh, in the chat we were losing our minds we were it's the amount of status quo changes absolutely wild like literally in the opening of the episode <laughs> uh, i was like uh no pussyfooting around the fact that klaus shows up and grabs elena and it's not a dream like any other show would be like well just just a dream like nope this is we're there it's happening <laughs> It's so incredible to do, like, going from four, they're in Chicago, they're doing all this stuff, to five, wherein, what, like, five minutes into the episode, he is grabbing Elena. Like, they have taken someone from so far up off the map to the center of the story in seven minutes of screen time, if you're binging it. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really incredible show. And it's also really, really great to binge and to rewatch, because it is very much, like, an episodic show. So there are always, like changing vibes along with your changing status quos and that kind of rules yeah what what this episode does that i think lets you know right away that we've got something that we you know we, we've got a lot coming it's really going to be you know an episode here is that most episodes of this show uh, including the the next one they start and you know within the first 10 minutes someone's like oh the senior bonfire and then you're like okay last half of the show they'll be at the senior bonfire for acts like three and four or whatever but that this one opens and just matt's at the school already at mm -hmm. night and then he stumbles upon this senior prank night in progress mm -hmm. 
and everything in the episode will now take place here, basically, except for the very end. Mm -hmm. It's just letting you know a lot's coming. Like the event is like, is the whole episode this time and it is doing it very organically. It is not setting up the stakes like it usually does where everyone has like their own conversations explaining where they're at before they all head to the event Mm -hmm. where things will come to a head. Yeah, no, we're just there. And in terms of like the the format of the show is like an episodic thing and also serialization. Like I feel, and I I never really thought about this until kind of right now. And I think it it makes sense, especially now that Alias is streaming on Amazon for all of us to rewatch and watch. I feel like Vampire Diaries kind of improved upon Alias's like original like heavy serialization uh, with the point that like you could drop into any episode and not be as confused as you would have been like during the first two seasons of Alias. They they figured out a a way to balance uh, the episodic and the serialized, which I unfortunately don't think Alias ever got a chance to because like it wanted to be heavily serialized and then the network's like, but no, you should you should be episodic. And then it was just like purely episodic and they never got a chance to 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 find that balance in a way that I think vampire diaries really excelled at. And I think it's harder to do once you're outside of like high school with the show and like onto the college phase of everything, which I don't think is too huge a spoiler to say. It's a high school show. It'll- yeah, we all know how uh, teen shows work. <laughs> They go to Mystic um, U. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they go to Mystic U. <laughs> I mean, basically. They do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to dunk on Michael really quick. When we were finishing season two of Gossip Girl, Michael kept being like, how are they all going to be at Yale? Like, are, is the show going to be at Yale now? And I kept being like, Michael, they're going to stay in New York. <laughs> All I would do is I'd be like, you know what's funny? New York's kind of like the fifth lady in the show. Like, I kept making that dumb Sex in the City joke over and over again every time he would say that. And still, he did not get there. Oh, Michael. And I love him for it. <laughs> I have, like, too much HBO brain, honestly. Like, I forget that in most TV shows, if they say, like, oh, yeah, next year, uh, every 100% of the environments and situations will be different. I'm like, oh, interesting. Instead of, like, well, that's not going to happen. I just think everyone should add to their vampire diaries that, remember, our brand is uh, dumb Sex in the City jokes. <laughs> yes, uh, really dumb Sex in the City jokes. But this is a Vampire Diaries podcast, so it's welcome it's- back. Is it? We talk about New Girl more than we talk about Vampire Diaries. I don't know. We talk about the Vampire Diaries a lot. (laughs) You'll see. We talk about how hot the cast of the Vampire Diaries is first, New Girl second, the plot of the Vampire Diaries third. Are there any (laughs) actors who appeared on both Vampire Diaries and New Girl? Huh. I'm like going through the Rolodex all of a sudden. I'm thinking very hard. I just like, all I can think of is Schmidt's line about Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah. Oh, Nina Jobrev should have been on the Vampire Diaries. Uh. She was. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, new girl. Jesus. Uh, can we turn this into a, a Let's Be Cops podcast? Oh, God. In this climate? <laughs> uh, we're all about the hottest takes. <laughs> But also, have you guys seen that movie? I have not seen Let's Be Cops. I did want to see Let's Be Cops for the cast because I was like, Nina Dobrev in a movie with Jake Johnson and Dan Waits Jr.? Like, I was very uh, intrigued by it, but I didn't see it. Did you see it? I did see it. How is it? A disappointment considering everyone who's involved in the movie. I'm sure they had a fun time making it. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, and with that, should we finally get into The Reckoning? <laughs> Please. <laughs> It's nighttime and we're in Mystic Falls High. The school is empty and we hear the clank, clank, clank of metal. It's Matt using the bench press. I'm sorry, what if I described it all like that? (laughs) But also, yes, Morgan, just continue to read uh, the, the transcript like that. Guys, I was this excited about it. So we open on the noise and then we reveal it's not an ominous, scary thing. It's just Maddie D lifting weights. 
I will say in my notes, like when they were sh- setting the scene for this whole thing, I'm like directing. And uh, again, this episode was directed by John Baring, who I did bring up previously. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. like John Baring's directing. He is good. Very much. It's, it seems like he was like the producer director on set for this season because I saw his name pop up there, which is a role I didn't realize was a thing until I started working in TV more. I'll explain it in case anyone doesn't know about it because I would have liked to have learned about it before. A lot of shows have an episodic director, even though the episodic uh, directing schedule rotates and you have different mm-hmm. people directing every episode or every chunk of episodes. A lot of the times you have one director who is also there in a producerial role and sticks around and kind of produces every episode alongside the director for the season. And they get to direct some episodes themselves, but also they get to like help the director like acclimate to the set, especially if they're new, tell them what's going on in the season and make sure there's like continuity, not only in terms of like the plot, but in terms of character and visual style. And they kind of like stay in touch with the showrunner and keep the tone consistent. And I think that that's like a really cool job that I didn't know about when I was just learning about all this stuff. Good. Uh, I think people actually will appreciate that as as dumb as we can be, uh, we are actually kind of experts in the the television field, I will say. Yeah, we kind of know stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about television. (laughs) We're here to educate you. This is uh, Vampire Diaries 101. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't know that either. So that was a fun little lesson for me. Yeah, right. The first show I was on, I had a producing director. And I was like, wait, this is a job. And uh, it was really cool to learn about. And I was like, oh, that's like an incredibly helpful person. Yes. And uh, this episode was also written by Michael Narducci, uh, who went on to become the showrunner of the originals. Uh, mm-hmm. And his first episode of Vampire Diaries was The Last Dance, Our, our Last Decade Dance, with uh, Alaric Klaus. Wow. And they reference that in this yeah, episode. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> so yeah. what a what a track record. He also uh, wrote uh, the penultimate episode of season two. Okay, wow. great. <laughs> he, uh, Michael Arducci is a, a fucking heavy hitter, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, holy shit. Well, as you guys have heard and are about to continue to hear, I'm a big fan of this one. So big ups to him. <laughs> big ups. <laughs> to people of all stars and stripes. <laughs> So Matt hears a spooky sound. It's Mystic Falls. You can assume what that spooky sound could possibly be. Matt knows the possible danger he's in. And he steps inside a classroom where he's heard the noise and a bunch of mousetraps go off and the lights come on. It's prank night, baby. (laughs) So they're doing this all in the dark, by the way. (laughs) Like Tyler, Caroline definitely, maybe Tyler could see. Uh Um, What about Bonnie and Elena? (laughs) There's a lot of, maybe there's more moonlight than it seems like. Maybe Bonnie was doing a spell so they could see in the dark. We'll say that. (laughs) And Caroline is pissed because Matt is ruining one of their many senior pranks. (laughs) And we're just happy because Matt is so sweaty. Uh, He's very sweaty. My first note in my Vampire Diary is Matt in all caps with four T's. And then it just says, I'm feral. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is, he is so sweaty. Hot. God, yeah. So if you want to know the state of mind we are in very early in, that's how I started it at 10. I think it's obvious. We're all on board for the reckoning. God, yes. So Matt is kind of shocked that they're still doing like something as silly as senior prank night. And Bonnie explains that Caroline is making them because Caroline's whole stance is that you only get one senior year and these are the memories. They're going to stay with them forever. So they have to create memories now. Jill, keeping in mind that uh, senior year will be seasons three and four, do you think uh, Caroline's plan for them to have a good senior year will come to fruition? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) There's no way good things are going to (laughs) happen. 
Remember when you asked if there's ever a happy episode? Because I do, because I was just editing that. Yep, I was just listening to that one as well. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) So young. I was so young then. But look, this is a pretty happy episode because Elena says she's going to glue Alaric's desk shut. (laughs) I would say that it's a happy episode for me, even if it's not happy for the characters. (laughs) These two two episodes were very happy for you, (laughs) Jill. Yes, they sure were. And also, I just want to say, I, I noted it in the second episode for the chat, but I should note it here. Uh, this is uh, another reason why everyone in the school hates them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obviously, other people are there doing pranks, but only in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, in the school gym, whereas they're, like, going through all the classrooms. Like, what's the deal? They're nightmares. <laughs> they are nightmares. And I love that uh, it just keeps happening, <laughs> them being nightmares. They have no friends outside of each other. Like, no one wants to talk to any of them. <laughs> I mean, Dana and Chad seem nice, so they're, like, not talking shit about them, but, like, everyone else is. My god, I'm sorry. I just saw uh, something on the sidebar of my transcript of this episode on the wiki, and it says, do you ship Elena and Tyler? (laughs) And it was asked by a fan, and I am... Was it really? No, it was... uh, I don't know if I should say their name, but their full name is here. Like, their real name? Yes! (laughs) I'm not gonna dox the Elena Tyler shipper. I'm going to tell them that I support them and that I really see them as best friends. It's just so funny because apparently, like, Nina and Trevino were, like, really good friends, like, outside the show, and they never interacted. That's really nice. I'm glad they were buddies. Yeah, like, and they're in the scene together. They don't talk to each other. And then the next best friend scene, he doesn't talk to her still, but I had to count it because we need something. Yeah, we got, we're starved for best friends content. So this scene ends when Elena is, you know, off to prank and instead finds herself face to face with Klaus, which is a great prank on Klaus's part. <laughs> she tries to run, but he, you know, zoops around and grabs her and tells her, you're supposed to be dead. What are we going to do about that? Vampire Diaries. Mwah! Chef's kiss. <laughs> it could have been chef's kiss. Or are you just like kissing your computer because you're so happy? Yeah, I'm kissing everything. <laughs> uh, I love this episode. <laughs> so our next scene, which is great, is uh, Damon and Kathy's road trip. She's just Kathy now. It's just the way it is. She's truly just Kathy. Damon finally is like, where are we going? Because it's hilariously and very chaotically so true to both of their forms. They left without Catherine telling Damon what they're doing. <laughs> I love God it. She's like, boy. we're just getting far away from Mystic Falls. And he's like, cool, I don't even want to be here. And she's like, you don't want to be here? Or you don't want to be around Elena? So Damon explains that Elena and him are having a difference of opinion on how he should behave. Catherine flirts. She gets real close to his face. They make out. He shoves her. They make out while he's driving. And again, Damon is not looking at the road ahead. Not safe. And he shoves her and says, I thought I'd give it a shot, but the truth is you don't do it for me anymore. Any thoughts, gang? I mean, I believe that. Uh, I don't believe his later thing that he wouldn't go save her like back in the day. But I do believe he's he's not into it anymore. I also say I'm surprised none of us have made a too fast, too furious reference either time that Damon has not been looking at the road. (laughs) Put Ian Summerhalder in the Fast and Furious movies. Oh my god. I think that's a mood, guys. The, the <laughs> apple boxes he will stand on. <laughs> oh, guys, wait. I actually think this is a very good idea. <laughs> oh, no. I agree. 
I think everyone from the Vampire Diaries would be good at being in a Fast and the Furious movie. Paul Wesley or Michael Trevino would thrive in a Fast and the Furious movie. Incredible. I would not survive Trevino in a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, God, Trevino. Jill, like, this is <laughs> Nina, of course, like, why does she have to be in a Triple X movie? She should be in a Fast and the Furious movie. Well, maybe that was like a gateway to her getting in a Fast and the Furious movie. Fingers mm. crossed. Again, if you guys have not seen her in Triple X, The Return of Sandra Cage, Nina is incredible in that movie. Uh, so then we go to the truck where uh, Stefan woke up. Rebecca is there and she explains that Klaus has been literally just breaking his neck over and over again all afternoon. What? <laughs> That's the Klaus I know. Yeah. And Stefan's like, wait, why are we back in Mystic Falls? Honey. He got his neck broken a lot. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca's like, you can stop. Like, we figured it out. Elena's alive. <laughs> Stefan freaks out. He's like, where the fuck is Klaus? And Rebecca says, with any luck, ripping that cow's bloody head off. Jeez, who hurt you? Your brother, repeatedly, but still. <laughs> Her brother, Stefan. I will say, as much as I enjoy Rebecca in these episodes, Claire Holt hasn't gotten her fully down yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's still finding it. I am ready for, like, more Rebecca, obviously, because Rebecca's the best. And in my notes, just for the season, all caps, destroy him, Bex. <laughs> I've written that Bex is a queen. We love her. And she admits that she's jealous of Elena. And then stabs uh, Stefan in the stomach. Yay! Ah, <laughs> uh, classic. So then... Back in high school, Klaus still has Elena and he's like marching her through the school and he's like, what the fuck? I was like supposed to be able to make more hybrids and now I can't. And I assume it has something to do with the fact that you're still alive. Elena is like, just kill me because she wants to die. And Klaus is like, not yet. (laughs) But I have a bunch of ways of making you suffer. He shows off his handy dandy American accent. That's one way to make her suffer. (laughs) Yeah, that's a way to make all of us suffer. Attention seniors, you've been officially busted. (laughs) I hate it. Prank night is over. Head on home. But then he sees two old friends, (laughs) Dana and Chad. This fucking rules. For anyone who doesn't remember, back when Klaus was in Alaric's body, Alaric had two kids do his bidding, Alaric Klaus did, at the 70s dance, and they were Dana and Chad. So Klaus remembers them and talks to them, and they're like, wait, who the fuck are you? And he says, don't worry, I wasn't in my right head last time we met. Rules! Love it. It's me, Mr. Saltzman, Chad! (laughs) Klaus compels Dana to stand on one foot, and if she can't keep her balance or can't keep it up, Chad is now compelled to beat her to death. Damn. <laughs> Jill? <laughs> I love it. So good. I was like, Jill must be dying right now. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, Klaus has some inventive ways to torture people and fuck with them and kill them. And uh, I feel like you will enjoy all of them, Jill. I probably will, knowing me, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, uh, they're all fun. Yeah, we agree, but we just knew that you would adore Klaus. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh. So then we're back on the Damon Kathy road trip. We're stopping on the side of the leg, uh, on the on the leg of the road. And Damon's like, I wanted to take a break from the sexual tension. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys, you're horny and you're crazy and I love you. So <laughs> he tosses the keys away so that they can have a conversation. And he's like, tell me what the fuck your agenda is. And she reveals that she has Elena's necklace, the necklace that Rebecca was freaking out that was given to her by the original witch. Mm-hmm. So she's like, apparently Klaus wants this. And Damon's like, why? And Catherine says, does it matter? He wants it. And I have it. 
It's leverage, Damon. <laughs> leverage. Do you love this episode specifically because leverage is said five million times? Yes, <laughs> you got me. Look, the show's about the game and uh, the game requires having leverage. And uh, Catherine's like, yeah, I stole this from Bonnie. And we can all remember the wonderful scene in which Bonnie turned her head and suddenly Elena just zooped. <laughs> A moment in time. Absolutely fucking incredible. So basically, she is like, guess who I brought on our road trip? And pops the trunk and there's an unconscious child in the car. It's Jeremy. She did a kidnap on Jeremy, you guys. And she says to Damon, this isn't going to win you any points at home. (laughs) I love it. Like, how can I not love this episode when its first Jeremy appearance is hilarious? Like, it's exactly the funniest possible way you could bring Jeremy into something, like, fully as a chess piece and just being like, yeah, Jeremy's in the truck. Incredible. So we are back in Mystic Falls High School. Caroline is putting honey on lockers because she is still doing prank night. Is this where we were going to talk about senior pranks? Did any of you guys do senior pranks? We were basically bribed with six flags, so we did not do senior prank. Great. Jill? Yeah, we didn't. I don't know why we didn't do a senior prank, but we did have like a senior skip day in quotes because it was organized by the school where we went to Valley Fair, which is like knockoff Six Flags. I have been to Valley Fair. <laughs> You've been to Valley Fair? Yes. <gasps> when I stayed, uh, I stayed with my uncle in Minnesota for a couple weeks one summer and we went to Valley Fair. Did you go on the wild thing? Uh, which one is that? Is that the one it's with the, the water? Green one. <laughs> I went on one of the like rocky water rides where you're in like that huge tire and I got completely soaked. Yeah. Even though I was like not a kid and I didn't want that to happen. They were like, you won't get wet. And I had to like wring out all my clothes under a hang, like a hand dryer. It was the worst. Good old Valley Fair. Yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, so anyways, back to high school. Caroline and Tyler are uh, making out, but they're also worrying about their friend Matt, which is really, really nice. Yeah, they feel really bad for Matt, which they should because everyone should feel really bad for Matt. Yeah, Tyler's like, I'm kissing you and you're thinking about Matt. But she's like, no, I'm asking if you think our friend who we both love is okay, which is great. Like it's, I again, this weirdly works because it's a stealth Matt episode in some ways because uh, he kind of is the last one to cross this full threshold and it rules yeah like tyler's like okay since you asked no our friend is probably not okay (laughs) and caroline is so worried because all she wants is for everybody to be happy which is oh girl really sweet but tyler says the exact right thing which is really nice which is that he's happy and they kiss and then nothing bad happens (laughs) he tells her he loves how big her heart is and i think jill uh died yeah yeah i think i combust come oh wow i can't speak <laughs> oh my god you get what i'm saying <laughs> what are you drinking uh, today jill i had a margarita <laughs> <laughs> congrats <laughs> i like that it's noticeable <laughs> uh so then who comes to spoil the moment but rebecca and caroline's like who the fuck are you and she's like ha huh, you're caroline and you're the werewolf. Cool. I'm the new girl. And she like pops on her horny eyes and uh, rushes Caroline and it rolls. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca uh, hates love, you guys. <laughs> An enemy of love for sure. <laughs> so then we go over to Bonnie and Matt, our first Bonnie and Matt scene of the episode. Yay. Yay. They are TPing the pool. <laughs> 
And Bonnie's trying so hard to perk Matt up. He's like, this is fun. <laughs> and Matt's like, you sound like Caroline. <laughs> so Matt asks her uh, where Jeremy is tonight. And Bonnie's like, oh, yeah, we're kind of not really talking because he told me about seeing Vicky. Matt's relieved she knows because it means that they are allowed to talk about it to each other. And he admits that it isn't really that weird for him that Jeremy's seeing Vicky. He just wants to see her himself because he never Mm -hmm. got to say goodbye. Yeah. Cool. Everyone's fine. I'm fine. Uh, I mean, Jill, obviously you are not a fan of Bonnie Jeremy. I just want to confirm that, right? Correct. Yes. (laughs) So how did you feel about these episodes? Clearly they're they're having some, some rocky times right now. Yes, I was shoved way into Bonnie Matt court, like instantly. (laughs) So are you happy about the current state of Bonnie and Jeremy's relationship? Yeah, they need to break up. (laughs) Jeremy's being a really, really, really bad boyfriend. Yeah. Understandably, he's going through a crazy time, but he could just be honest. (laughs) Michael, what do you think about Jeremy as a boyfriend? Oh, he's he's doing the like ultimate boyfriend move right now that all (laughs) cool guys love to do. Of, like, the girlfriend being like, hey, do I have to be worried about this girl that you're talking with? And Jeremy's like, no, no, babe, of course not. I can't fuck her. Like, <laughs> like, like she's not a ghost. Corporeal. Like, yeah. I, it's not, like, you have nothing to worry about because I don't even have the option of doing anything wrong. <laughs> it's not about whether I would. It's about what will happen. So I'm good. I'm actually good. Yeah, we're just having an emotional affair. Yeah. yeah. That's, not, that's, that's not real. <laughs> a real uh, Mr. Schuster, if you will. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Got a Glee reference in there, baby. Thank you. I missed it with Jeremy rapping. I didn't care. <laughs> God, he would. Yeah, Jeremy's version of Busta Move is so good in this episode. Um, if Vampire Diaries existed in a modern post-Glee CW world, Jeremy Gilbert would rap. He, he has a SoundCloud. Like the musical episode of Vampire Diaries would be horrific. <laughs> I'm going to say this, and it is, it's technically a spoiler, but I really don't think it matters. What I will say is Legacies is very much a post-Glee and Riverdale Vampire Diaries spinoff mm-hmm. with teens. So those teens, you better believe they're musical. And Jeremy's on and he does rap, so. Mm-hmm. But but now specifically, <laughs> sh- shut up, Michael. <laughs> they cast in favor of that because they know this is a, is a post-Glee world. So like, very much they're so. looking for that. We have Candace and Kat who can mm-hmm. sing on this cast and I believe that's it yeah I think that's it I don't think anyone else no no one else on the show attempts to be musical on the show <laughs> or have I seen them attempt to be musical other places like ever but again besides the American the American Mall, Mall. And again that made Nina want to never sing ever again <laughs> Poor girl. She doesn't deserve that. She does. You do a fine job in that. In what I've seen of that, Nina. Don't lie to her. She was dubbed. She like sells it enough. (laughs) But anyways, that makes me deeply sad in the scene because he reflects. He does that great plant where he's like, last summer we were lifeguards. And I was like worrying about Elena breaking up with me and sucking at CPR. But now Elena's dating a vampire. You're a witch. My sister's a ghost. (laughs) And I'm just a guy who's wondering how life got so screwed up. At this point, I am tearing up. I mean, see, no one told him life was going to be this way. He's he's just a kid and life is a nightmare. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I will sing that song right now. Play some fucking simple plan. I will put that in the podcast. Please. What's another night all alone? When you're spending every day on your own. And here it goes.
my emo songs for Jeremy to listen to playlist is becoming an emo songs that Jeremy and Matt can listen to playlist. Should we add a teenage dirt bag to the playlist? Hell yes. Look, they're tired of the small town life, but this one girl makes it all magical. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Uh, they should both like Bonnie and should start a band. But again, I will just note one more time that Stefan has two guitars and we never see him play them. Bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I've changed my mind. This is a terrible show. <laughs> do we think though, do we think he has it so he could like whip it out and play Wonderwall? <laughs> it's, it's weird because he has both an electric guitar and an acoustic guitar, which suggests, uh, suggests that he does do guitar. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, now that Stefan's uh, spoiler, you know, humanity switches off, he might pick that guitar up again. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Damon didn't break either guitar. Luckily. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, maybe they're, uh, this is probably getting uh, far too inside baseball, but I'm like wondering, some people have guitars as like memorabilia, as like fans of music. Like, what if they're like old Bon Jovi guitars that he's bought at auction? That would be my guess, is that they're old Bon Jovi guitars. One's a Bon Jovi <laughs> guitar, the other one's like an Eddie Van Halen guitar. We get that backstory. Uh, this is what I want. Yes, it's, like, it's legit. Richie Sambora's guitar and Eddie Van Halen's guitar, and that's what's happening. Jill, would you tolerate that flashback of him getting guitars from various famous bands. That is the only flashback I will accept. We found I can't it. wait to the flashback uh, where we get Kurt Cobain's guitar. Oh my god. <laughs> of Stefan trying to be nice to Courtney Love. Uh, I think they would hit off tremendously. Yeah. Of him being like, you're okay. Like trying to fully rescue her. I, I like to believe that Stefan's a big whole fan. I believe it. So Matt goes into the bathroom and grabs uh, some more toilet paper to do more pranks. And who appears behind him but Vicky? And she's trying to contact him, but he can't hear her. But she's doing you know, little ghost mischief, like opening the doors and shit. And bothering it was him. almost sweet to see R.I.P. Vicky Donovan in the boys' bathroom. But then I remembered it's R.I.P. Vicky Donovan in the boys' bathroom. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't like the context here. Yeah. So we're back in the gym. Poor Dana is struggling to remain on one foot. And Elena is like, where the fuck is Stefan? And Klaus says that Stefan's on a timeout because they're in the gym. Uh, <laughs> funny. So then the door is open. Matt and Bonnie come in. Elena's screaming for Bonnie to leave. But uh, too late, girl. Because now the plan can begin. He relieves Dana and Chad of duty. <laughs> Thank God. They don't, they don't deserve this. Nor do they deserve what happens to them. But they especially didn't deserve that. They really didn't. So Klaus like looks at Bonnie and is like, oh, so you saved her. <laughs> and Bonnie's like, if you want to blame someone, blame me. So Bonnie here is again begging for the D. I will say this is the one time where a group text would not have helped at all. Yeah, because they're all like in the same spot. Yeah, they couldn't have done any group texting at all. <laughs> so Klaus says, uh, your witchy interference seems to have caused some undesirable side effects, which what a sentence. And he's like, I'm going to need you to find a fix. So what he does to ensure that they can help with the hybrid situation is he feeds his blood to Tyler and breaks his fucking neck in front of everybody. And and, you know, Tyler dies and is going to be in transition to become a hybrid, which means that he will die like all the hy other hybrids we saw if our gang doesn't come up with a solution. And Good Jill was not happy because it was her number... <laughs> I don't even know what number Klaus is for you, but he was a, a number something boy against her number one boy. Where was Klaus? Klaus has not made the top five yet. Yeah. Which is strange to me. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. <laughs> I did say yet. Not yet. You're lying to yourself because you don't want to uh, prove that you've fallen that hard. <laughs> you can say that. I haven't yet. I have it, I promise. Yeah, she knows. Uh -huh. you, you said how you wanted it to at least make it a slow burn and not be so obvious, but it's pretty <laughs> yeah. obvious. Still. But like, not yet. 
Uh Not yet there yet. We gotta let her slow play it. The heart wants what it wants, but the heart is also going to want Klaus eventually. (laughs) It's it's great because you're gonna want Klaus so much, but you're also gonna be conflicted because obviously you can tell from like the Tyler Klaus storyline that is developing. It's gonna be some some stuff. Some boy on boy crime here. (laughs) Yeah. And then boy on boy violence. Some boy-on-boy love, obviously. Oh, please. (laughs) So, Rebecca's being a bitch to Elena. She's saying that the original doppelganger was prettier. Uh, Yeah, so I guess we kind of knew it based on all the information we learned from Courtney Ford in her one episode. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so so like there was an original doppelganger back during the original's original day. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, and apparently Rebecca knew her. Mm-hmm. So Matt and Bonnie are on the case. They're like, fuck, we have to figure this out. This curse is, is a thousand years old. She's like, I don't know if Grimoire is going back then. Matt's like, can you ask the dead witches that helped you before? Which is nice to know someone caught him up on that. But he doesn't know that she's been banned. Yeah, she's like, I don't have contact with them anymore because they cut me off when I brought Jeremy back to life. And then she's like, oh shit, if I can't contact the dead, Jeremy can. Good thing Jeremy is not kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile- If I fail, Jeremy can't. <laughs> so meanwhile, on the side of the road, Damo and Kathy are looking at the unconscious child they've laid out on a picnic bench. And they talk about the fact that Catherine thinks she is a way to kill Klaus. Not dagger dead, dead dead. So apparently Pearl, who Damon says he remembers vividly, knew about a vampire who could kill Klaus, but wouldn't really tell Catherine anymore because it was her leverage. Which is good to know that Pearl wasn't completely oblivious to who her best friend was. Mm-hmm. She's like, she knew it was valuable information and wouldn't share it with me. And Damon's like, cool, but she's dead. But, you know, guess who's talking to her daughter pretty regularly? <laughs> One Jeremy Gilbert. And Damon's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's talking to his ex. It's like, ugh, <laughs> I, I don't feel great about it, but like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pearl told Anna back when Anna was wearing that bonnet. Never forget. Anna's little bonnet. (laughs) So again, I love this episode so much that Jeremy's first line, like when Catherine's like, that would bring it back around to Jeremy pops up and goes to me, back around to me. I was like, hell yeah, King. Like, I'm that excited about this episode. Also, I I just realized she just knocked Jeremy out. She like killed him, right? Because he has a ring. She killed him, right? (laughs) I think she did. Yeah, she didn't just, like, boop him. She, like, snapped his neck. To be fair, that seems smarter because he fully heals from that, whereas a concussion, who knows? Mm -hmm. And he comes back to life, like, tell me the play, coach. (laughs) Yeah, I guess a concussion from one of either Kathy or Dame O would have, like, been fine, but who knows? Whoever, Mm -hmm. who knows what's going on with Jeremy and his body? His ever-growing body? No, no. Good gosh. (laughs) It gets bigger. He gets bigger. No, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. This is a dangerous topic for our podcast. (laughs) Jill is in denial and we're like, we're trying to warn you. And Jill's like, no, no. (laughs) Jill, I don't want you to go into this with your eyes closed. You have to be prepared. Um, Okay, so we're back to the gym. Stefan comes in and Klaus is like, oh, cool. Here to save your damsel. But Stefan's like, no, 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 no. I'm here to ask for your forgiveness and to pledge my loyalty. But, uh, you know, Stefan's no Elijah. His word is not quite as valuable. As we we brought up a lot in season two, like the words of all these characters, our, our heroes that we love, like they mean shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh, they will flip on a dime. So Klaus is like, hey, why don't you kill uh, Chad and Dana? And Elena is like, please, he's not going to hurt me. My, not my best said. friends, Chad and Dana. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's like, you've already taken Tyler, not my best friend, my other best friends, Chad and Dana. Alina's best friends, Tyler, Chad, Dana, Tiki, Tiki's granddad. Amy, may she rest in peace. And was the other one Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. R.I.P. Sarah as well, uh, Alina's other best friend. <laughs> so Klaus fucking hits the shit out of Elena. It's very scary. Uh, and mm-hmm. Stefan fucking runs over to him, fangs out. And Klaus is like, oh, so she doesn't mean anything to you? Like, fuck off, dude. Steve, come on. Yeah. And Stefan like begs him to let her go. He's like, you do whatever you want. You have my word. And again, he's like, your word means absolute shit. And he's like, I live by your word all summer, during which time I had never had to do this. And he compels Stefan to stop fighting. And Stefan begs him not to do it. The scene is so fucking good. And Klaus is like, look, I didn't want to. All I wanted was your allegiance, but now I have to take it. So he compels him, you will do exactly as I say when I say it. You will not run. You will not hide. You will simply just obey. I mean, Klaus is telling the truth because as like he's confirmed in the end of the affair, like he was allowing Stefan to have like his free will and everything because he wanted his quote unquote brother back and assumed like it could happen naturally, but clearly it can not because he's got uh, Elena on the brain. Yeah. So then he compels Stefan to kill Chad and Dana, which he starts to do. Jill, where are you with the Klaus and Stefan relationship at this point? Because I think Latoya just laid it out really beautifully. Like they have a complicated and interesting dynamic. I love them. Klaus just wanted a comrade. You know, not a buddy. <laughs> Who can blame him for murdering? Yeah, <laughs> but love, love that. Uh, now that Steve is compelled, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we learn, love is the most important thing. And unfortunately for Klaus, he assumed that Stefan's former love for him and his love for Stefan would have prevailed, and mm-hmm. it just didn't. God, love, love cannot always win. I mean. As we know, love times love divided by love (laughs) equals love to the power of love. But maybe not in this case. Maybe not in this case. So we return to the road trip crew and Jeremy is like, this isn't going to work at all. Catherine notices a text on Jeremy's phone from Bonnie reading, where are you? And not a hot tea staring at you? This Bonnie, still the show's best texter. (laughs) Catherine says, I think your witchy girlfriend's worried that you've run away with your ghostly lover, Uh, which is maybe the best sentence anyone's ever said. Catherine Pierce is a... Good character? Damon, however, is over the teeny bopper drama and would rather they focus. Anna's like, I'm not gonna fucking help them. And he's like, well, like, it's Klaus. Like, and she says, I don't give a shit. It's Catherine. It's Catherine and Damon. Like, why would I help either of them? And then Damon decides, uh, maybe a little torture. Yeah, with some help from Catherine, who says, you want to make an omelet? You got to break a few eggs. So he starts just banging Jeremy's head against which is where I also write concussion watch in my notes. Remember when Jeremy tried to be Damon's apprentice and it failed miserably because he saw Damon do a torture on Mason? Yep. Oh, God. Mason? Look, if Vampire Diaries has taught me anything about torture, it's that it works and there are no further caveats. <laughs> Don't worry. That's been like the running thread of like the past two episodes. Is that our characters can have a little torture as a treat. Yeah. I apologize to everyone listening as <laughs> always because our bit, especially in season three, is uh, torture is a thing that these characters do and we accept it (laughs) look i don't love it but it's part of the show it is and again we will be criticizing this aspect of the show Mm -hmm. just not right now yeah 
just not uh, yet. Because we are largely at a piece where, like, mostly our characters who specifically are very morally ambiguous are doing torture, mm-hmm. or who are clearly bad guys. But eventually, people who are decided to be good are going to do torture, mm-hmm. and that's when we're going to have to have that conversation. Yeah, the ethics and morality of Vampire Diaries is a big overarching thing that I think even the show does eventually address, but it takes a while, and we will be addressing it before the show really ever does. So finally, Anna opens up. She doesn't like seeing her crush get bonked anymore. And she says they're looking for Michael, a vampire who hunts vampires. But she says, you don't want to wake him because he'll kill all of you. But um, Jeremy relays all of this. And uh, David and Catherine are like, cool. So we're going to wake this guy up. Because, <laughs> you know, you got the brain trust of <laughs> Kathy and Damo. The two dumbest, most impulsive people. <laughs> <laughs> with plans and they work for a while and then they just do not work (laughs) they're like tracy and jenna they are like tracy and jenna yes (laughs) solve the problem (laughs) (laughs) i want them in the solvers the problem t-shirts i want damon in a very tight like elena baby tee they truly are um the tracy and jenna of the show oh that makes me very happy so back to Mystic Falls, Caroline wakes up and Rebecca is playing with her phone and she's taking selfies. It's very cute. She's like, hey, where's Tyler? And Rebecca says he's deadish. Yikes. So she sees him essentially, for all intents and purposes, dead, about to uh, wake up in transition to be a hybrid. And she's pretty panicked. No good. Sorry, Jill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then Rebecca, while playing on the phone, finds a picture of Stefan and Elena together that she makes a big show of being like, ew, gross, puke, but then sees that she is, that Elena is wearing her necklace in the picture and she is (laughs) fucking pissed. (laughs) Yeah, she is. She's disgusted and then she is upset and that is Rebecca I know. And I will just say one thing uh, I really noted while watching these episodes and kind of appreciate, which is uh, the CW doesn't seem to have an issue with casting two women who look very similar, which would be both Candace and Claire, with, especially with their hair. Their yeah. blonde hair, having the same hairstyle. It could be confusing. Mm-hmm. I think Michelle Lavretta said it when she was talking about Legend of Tomorrow where they have Katie Lotz and Jess McCallan, two blondes as a romantic pairing um. and like it's not a whole issue where either of them has to like change their hair color or anything because like it's like the same shade of blonde too. Oh and it's wow! Like, yeah, C- CW allows this. It's like okay, then this is cool. Like they they respect audience enough in this sense that they don't be like, well, how are we supposed to tell the difference between these two people? Like mm-hmm. you can just do it with your eyes. One of them is a cool feather in their hair. <laughs> yes, because the power the power of Pretty Little Liars, Aria Montgomery, Lucy Hale was sweeping the nation with feathers everywhere, killing all those birds. Never forget. Arya Montgomery from Pretty Little Liars was a bird killer and she needed to be stopped and she never was. So she's still at large. <laughs> I just, I could never have pulled it off and I'm so glad I never tried. I mean, that if you had tried, that would have been so Arya. That's so Arya. Never forget. So Rebecca's like, so where the fuck is my necklace? Like immediately she's like, now let's do my thing. <laughs> In my head, I just keep having, like, for this whole episode, I just have, like, Michael Bolton singing, Now Back to the Good Part. <laughs> and, that, and that's what Rebecca did right here. Now back to the good part. 
she truly did. Meanwhile, Stefan is killing the shit out of Chad and Elena is watching in horror and Elena's like, this is your fault, Klaus. And Klaus says, I invited him to the party, love. He's the one dancing on the table, which I think is a really good way of discussing Stefan's like accountability for this. Mm -hmm. This is who he is to a certain extent when he is on this much blood and stuff. Like he can't control being this person. As Simple Plan would say, this is who he is and this is what he likes. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca's like, she has my necklace. Where is it? And Elena's like, I don't fucking have it. And Rebecca's like, you're lying. And she fucking chomps down on Elena. <laughs> and Klaus is like, uh, do not do that. And Elena's not lying. Yeah. Klaus asks nicely. Elena says she's telling the truth. Catherine stole it. And they're like, oh, yeah, fucking Catherine. Of course. Katarina. <laughs> Katarina. And he's like, well, it would have been easier to do this spell if we had the necklace. But since we don't, I'm going to make it infinitely harder by putting a time limit on it. And then he puts 20 minutes. <laughs> It's on the clock and my brain short circuits <laughs> with pure joy. And he says, 20 minutes. If Bonnie hasn't found a solution by then, I want you to feed again. Only this time, I want you to feed on Elena. You know you want to. Yum, <laughs> yum. <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm yelling. I'm happiest I've ever been. Now that's what I call stakes, baby. <laughs> Jill, how did you feel? Were you um, bouncing off the ceiling like Morgan? I was not bouncing off the ceiling, but I was very into it. I love when there's a timer. <laughs> it makes it so much more fun. Agreed. So Elena's like, no, like don't do this. And Klaus is like, look, no one leaves. If Elena tries to run, fracture her spine. So again, some more clear stakes. <laughs> so Matt and, um, and Bonnie decide that they're going to have to go look for Jeremy and he's going to get the keys to his car so they can go to the Gilbert house. And then when Matt goes back to the weight room, all of his stuff has been thrown around, possibly by a g -g 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 ghost. Or just a senior <laughs> prankster. <laughs> and when he goes to the pool to try to find more of his stuff, he finds out that his keys are at the bottom of the pool, which pranks Sinatra <laughs> over here. We see ghost Vicky. She's screaming for Matt. She's saying that she can help, but she needs him to hear her and he cannot hear her at all. Uh, she does a little clever little bit where she kicks one of his shoes into the water and he's like, oh shit. So he finally seems to get it. He looks down at his phone. There's a text. His HTC phone, Morgan. His HTC phone. What a good phone. I've been thinking about buying one. I gotta say, um, in this episode, from throwing Matt's shoes in the pool all the way to Tyler being killed unless he turns into a hybrid, we have the full spectrum of, of Winston Bishop pranks. Yeah. yeah. We have ones that are too big and ones that yes. are too little. <laughs> so Matt realizes that Vicky is communicating with him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, cool. So then Bonnie's out in the parking lot and gets a little phone call from one Matt Donovan, who is going to weigh himself down and drown himself so that he can die and come back to life and therefore be able to talk to ghosts. It's the best thing in the world. Bonnie's like, don't do this. This is insane. And I'm like, Bonnie, you are one to talk. <laughs> How many plans have you died for? Matt wants a D for once in his goddamn life. And Bonnie's like, what? Like, come on, Bonnie. This is where I write down Matt wants the D so he can see the G. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and he says my favorite thing to Bonnie when she says, I can't do that kind of magic anymore. He says, I don't need you to do magic, Bonnie. You just have to be better than I was at CPR. And he puts on a weight belt, attaches a weight to it, and jumps in the water and drowns himself. It rolls. We <laughs> cut to outside with the road trip crew, and Jeremy is falling asleep with his head wound. Concussion watch. Damon's like, hey, maybe you don't sleep because of the concussion you probably have. 
But also, like, we rag on Jeremy a lot. Uh-huh. More than we planned to. I think at first, Morgan, we were trying to be nice. Yeah, we really were. We gave up. But is Jeremy the patron saint of this podcast because he is the worst? Uh, in a lot of ways, yes. Um, in a lot of ways, we are the Jeremys of podcasting. Mm-hmm. We're emo. We're horny. Our shoulders are only getting bigger. If you guys can see my traps right now. <laughs> so Catherine's like whatever stop pouting like we all take one for the team sometimes (laughs) which is amazingly funny but we realize that Catherine actually took Damon's phone yeah she's been holding all the boys phones yeah and she was like sorry I needed you present and she gives it back to him really reluctantly and he's like wait what the fuck like Klaus is around (laughs) Bonnie's been texting him Bonnie texts Damon Damon has Bonnie's number he did not have Jeremy's hey Bonnie and Damon, big texters. Bonnie, best texter on the show, still. No one's going to come for that crown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Catherine is like, you have to look at the big picture. Like, we learned how to take out Klaus. It's by finding Michael. But uh, Damon doesn't give a shit. He's going back to Mystic Falls. Yeah, Damon leaves Jeremy and Catherine together, which... Okay. <laughs> the team up we've all been waiting for. The mess around of the century. And he's like, yeah, I'm going back. And Catherine says, you're going to get yourself killed. The Damon I remember wouldn't have been that stupid. And Damon says, I wouldn't have done it for you. Which rules. It rules, but I don't believe him. I think 1864 Damon would have done it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. He went back for her and then they got shot by Giuseppe. But I think like the Damon she remembers, like the version of him she's talking about is the one she finds hot, which is mean Damon. Like, I think she's like the Damon from like season one of the Vampire Diaries wouldn't have done this. And he's like, yeah, because I wouldn't have done it for the way that I feel like about you now. Like. Fuck it. Like, I mean, it's, I, I yeah, need I to remove he... all ambiguity from this. This is king shit. Like, this rules. <laughs> Care to go uh, boy corner? Uh, look, Catherine ain't shit. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he's telling her. And it's, it's the coolest thing you could do. It doesn't matter if he's not telling the truth at all. It matters that he can say it now. And he knows it's pissing her off. And it's like, yeah, I don't even want to fuck you. Yeah. So there. Uh, you suck. <laughs> I'm only in love with the person who's identical to you. Fuck you. (laughs) Got her. Got her ass. Got her ass. He did get her here. And that's what rules about it. It's nice. I really enjoy their relationship as the show progresses, even though it's mostly him dunking on her. I think it's usually from a place of growth a lot of the time, which can be very fun. Mm -hmm. He finally got one on her, which is rare. Like, let him have it. Yeah, you can have it, Damo. I'm sorry for questioning it. A very sad boy. (laughs) Very sad murderer. So he zoops all the way back to Mystic Falls. Yeah, which rules. So then Bonnie's trying to bring Matt back to life. She dives in the pool. It's so cool. Good for her. It's a beautiful dive. Yeah, she's really good at diving. (laughs) It looks great. I love the, like, bubbles on Matt. Like, all of the pool Mm -hmm. stuff looks really good. Which, you know, it could easily not look good. But it looks really good. I... Imagine when it aired, I don't remember, like, the detail and how good it looked, but, like, in 2020, we can see mm. how good it looked. Yeah, it looks really good. And so. that's why this is the best year ever. <laughs> in 2020? Yeah. Because we can see that. I mean, last episode, of course, I reminded everyone that 2005 is actually the best year, but yeah, 2020 is close second. <laughs> yeah. Michael Bay agrees that 2005 is the best year. <laughs> we talking the island, you guys? Oh, you still think there's an island? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the best movie in the world. Jill, do you love The Island? I've not seen The Island. <laughs> oh, Jill. Jill, 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 you're going to love The Island. <laughs> I, You know what? I feel like I've seen so many things, and then I talk to you guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm, no. 
<laughs> no, no, I haven't no, seen no. anything. This is untrue. You've seen many things. <laughs> I am the one who has not seen many important things. You still gotta see Ghost Girl. I do gotta see yeah. Ghost. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have a seemingly like in a weird spirit limbo conversation between Matt and Vicky. She says, you have to listen to me. We don't have a lot of time. You need to give Bonnie a message. Then back in normal Mystic Falls at wakes up with a start and he spits out all the water and Bonnie is there and she's telling him that he's okay and it's really nice and they should have kissed here. Yes. Then Stefan and Elena are back in the gym and Elena is trying to appeal to Stefan's better angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brings up Caroline's stupid dad, stupid yeah. Bill, and his stupid mythology-breaking mind stuff. And Stefan responds exactly like Latoya just said. Like, she's just like, yeah, yeah, maybe it's just mind control, huh? Yeah, maybe it just takes some focus. A couple decades of training. No fucking big deal. Like, it rules. He is pissed. And Elena is staying uh, steadfast. She's like, you can't control it. When the buzzer goes off, just don't drink from me. Girl. Girl. Girl, I love you, but girl. Yeah. I love her for believing this. I love her for wanting love to be strong enough. She is great. But he, this is mind control. It's magic. And he is like particularly susceptible to it because if he even tastes her blood, he's not going to be able to stop. Just like you said. Because he's a ripper, baby. Yeah, he's a ripper. Counterpoint? Uh Fight it. You can fight it. (laughs) I know you're in there. Fight it. She says you can fight it. You just have to want it bad enough. And he yells, why? Because I love you. And this is the first line that I screamed along with my TV. Yeah, that's right, Stefan. Because you love me. I love a naive teen who wants the D, but in a brave way. (laughs) Brave new D. She's like, after everything we've been through, you owe me that. And he's like, I owe you everything. Yeah, because you're the one thing that's kept me from giving up and turning my humanity off. But seriously, like, I can't beat this thing I have with blood. Like, I really just can't. I love to slurp. Yeah, I love to slurp. I love it too dang much. If only your ripper was called a slurper, you guys. <laughs> the power that it has. Oh, man. Slurper. Slurper. So we... <laughs> he slurps and slurps and can't stop, but why would he want to? Had <laughs> Klaus is in the building. I'm so happy Klaus is on the show now because that means we all do Klaus impressions. I know. I love, I love a good Klaus impression. Um, so then we look at the clock. And we are just under five minutes. Things are not looking good for our young lovers, folks. They're not. Speaking of young lovers, Tyler wakes up and he's like, what the fuck? And Caroline has to explain to him that he is in transition to become a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Now it's about like three minutes too. Mm-hmm. And also Jill is very worried about Tyler. You were worried about your boy. Oh my God. If anything happened to my boy, I was going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we try to remain mostly spoiler-free, but we have told you mm-hmm. that Tyler still has time to do a lot of stupid things, mm-hmm. so <laughs> he hasn't done them all yet, so... Well, he was pretty stupid in these, so... <laughs> it's, a, it's a different kind of stupid. He is on another level of being dumb, and I love him <laughs> for it. God bless him. So, we go back to Matt and Bonnie, and, and they're just both, they're doing a walk and talk, Matt's fine. She says, as soon as you're feeling better, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, don't worry, it worked. I saw Vicky and she had a message from the witch that put the hybrid curse on Klaus. She said Elena shouldn't have survived Klaus's ritual. The hybrids can't transition because Elena's still alive. And they're like, fuck, 
that means Tyler's gonna die. Klaus then reveals that he has heard that whole thing, and he is uh, not so sure about that. He said, given the choice, doppelganger or a hybrid, I go hybrid every time. Hell okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the Chill. gym. There's 16 like seconds back on the clock. Stefan's like, you need to run. And Elena's like, but what about breaking my spine? He's like, I know, but like, if you stay, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. And Elena is still insisting she loves him and that he needs to fight, but he can't. Like, he's zooping around the gym. He's scaring Elena. Finally, she starts to run, but she runs right into Klaus. Whoops. Yeah, uh, time's up. She runs. Uh, he is trying very hard to fight it. Mm-hmm. He breaks the broom. He's going to kill himself. Yeah, his body is moving like he's about to transition into a werewolf, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like when Elijah woke up in the cellar. Yeah, yeah. When he when his his invitation had been revoked, essentially, to the Salvatore Manor, which is really cool. Like, I like the idea of showing what it is to fight against, like, the rules of magic, and that it's Mm -hmm. doable, but really hard, and it's untenable. Yeah. Can't tend it. Yes. (laughs) No, you cannot tend it. Okay, Klaus enters the room with Elena in tow, and he says one of the most iconic lines... (laughs) <laughs> Which is that he's never seen this before. The only thing stronger than Stefan's craving for blood is his love for this one girl. <laughs> it's the greatest. It rules, this guys. Is iconic <laughs> shit. This is fully like, this is top tier. This is alpha. Like. I was going off. I believe this is the point at which I was on my feet, jumping around. <laughs> Much like Stefan was zooping around trying to control his bloodlust urges, I was zooping around trying to control how amped I was. God bless Joseph Morgan's accent, you guys. God bless it. I love him. He tells Stefan to turn it off. He ref- Stefan refuses because love is stronger than anything, except yeah. for one thing. But also, like, because Stefan, Stefan now has so much blood in his system, so much human blood. Yeah. He actually gets to be strong for once. Yeah, he does. And he, Klaus is like, your humanity's killing you. All the guilt must be exhausting. So you have to turn it off. And Stefan refuses. And Elena, you know, is calling for him. It's all very tortured, but he compels him to turn it off. Paul Wesley plays this so beautifully. Like, he just, like, completely changes his face, his physicality. And Elaine asks what he did. Klaus says that he fixed him. Hell, yeah. Steve is now Steven, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Steven has logged on to the chat. (laughs) Oh, I love it. He is here, and Klaus is like, why don't you give the doppelganger a big old chomp? Yeah, do it, Ripper. And he's like, well, the verdict's in. he become hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You must become Come hot! <laughs> Klaus summons the Wasilewski swag, and I've never been happier. Good for him, good for us, good for everyone. <laughs> and Klaus is like, cool, so the verdict's in. Original witch says the doppelganger should be dead. And Rebecca's like, cool, does that mean we can kill her? And he's like, nope, pretty sure it means the opposite. Prank Sinatra, baby! Prank fucking Sinatra. He gives Tyler some of Elena's blood, and it works. Klaus calls him a good boy, and he looks up and he has the same eyes that Klaus does, yellow werewolf eyes with horny eyes on top of it. And, you know, Klaus has always had this thing where witches want balance, so they'll always be lying about the way the curse works to him, especially the original witch. This is how we get Hyler slash Tybrid, which is a a, a hybrid Tyler. (laughs) Tybrid. <laughs> Tybrid. That's a Michael Jason special. And even yeah. Tybrids. <laughs> and even Tybrids. 
Anyways, Elena wakes up in the hospital and the nurse has been compelled to take her blood for Klaus and they sedate her and it's very, uh, it's very spooky and like Twilight zone and fun. I love this scene. I was disappointed it wasn't like the one night nurse that they usually have. A different <laughs> nurse. I was yeah. like, God damn it. <laughs> it would have been nice if it was her, but also like, I'm glad she didn't get compelled again. I'm like, good for her. <laughs> right? So then Klaus and Rebecca are in front of the hospital and they're like, cool. So Klaus kind of explains the whole thing where he's like, the original witch hated me. Do you honestly think I would have done anything but the opposite of what she told me? Mm-hmm. And I believe, uh, Morgan, at this point, you're like, it's, it's, it's weird they're not just saying her name. Yep, weird that the original witch doesn't seem to have a name. Weird to refer to her exclusively as that. <laughs> Klaus is like, yeah, if it makes sense, like, this was a fail-safe in case I ever broke the hybrid curse. The idea that the doppelganger had to die to become a hybrid, but if she's dead, you can't use her to sire the bloodline. The way Klaus sees it is that this kind of, like, weird loophole trick in the curse was a way to leave him alone forever. And I think that's pivotal to understanding Klaus. Yeah. The number of prank elements in the Sun and the Moon curse is uh, (laughs) beautiful. It is the prank Sinatra of curses. It is wild. I love that the glass is never half empty, never half full. The glass is always conspiring against Klaus. (laughs) And that is exactly how he sees this. He's like, everyone's agenda is to hurt me. Everyone's agenda is to leave me alone. And I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler if I this is the way I see Klaus. It's that he is constantly sure that everyone is trying to ruin his life when it's just him. He is the one at every turn creating his own. He's the author of his own nightmare. Because yeah, in theory, obviously the original witch didn't want him to create hybrid, but that's not necessarily something to ruin his life. It's just that he doesn't, his whole thing about not having comrades Mm -hmm. is like the thing, the drawing, whereas like he has siblings who love him and like stand by his side, even though he does shitty things to them. Mm -hmm. Poor Rebecca, who is like by his side now and he like bails on her. He keeps like stabbing them with coma knives. Like, he has people that would love him and would support him and would have a real relationship with him. And he rejects it all the time whenever it isn't convenient for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a really interesting picture of an all-powerful being. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Klaus is a really incredible character. So I'm excited that we're getting to see him in a bit uh, fuller color here. He has a true fatal flaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically the, the reasoning behind making Joseph Morgan a series regular Mm-hmm. for this because otherwise it's like do you really want to just like make the, the huge big bad from the previous season like one of the gang and he's not part of the gang but like it makes sense to have him as like a main character yeah eventually once we get a little closer to the spinoff it's kind of like oh this is too big this needs its own show yeah but for now i think it is balanced pretty wonderfully yeah i have a lot of opinions about that and about like the originals and why they work when they do work and why they become too much for this show and why they're uh, good yeah so (laughs) because just by their inherent nature being the first vampires ever they have a a huge mythology so like they need their own show yeah it's a show about legacy and it's very good to introduce like oh these antagonists have an even greater legacy than us like that makes them seem like a huge deal Mm -hmm. like we've been talking about like how we're so you know we've been around for 150 years in this town but like that's nothing compared to these guys and they're a threat to us mm-hmm. like that's great but then when you like kind of soften that and you're like and now what what else is their deal it's like well it makes it seem way more important mm-hmm. uh yeah so then Rebecca's like, what is your obsession with hybrids? Like, this is actually all just because you don't want to be alone. And he's like, all I want to do is take my girl, take my hybrid and get the hell out of this one pony town. And he's like, so you get the truck and I'll get Elena. And then who strolls in 
but Davo. We get a Damo and Klaus confrontation. And it uh, kind of goes down like every Damo and Klaus confrontation. <laughs> And Damon's like, so I'm going to take Elena. And Klaus is like, oh, that's cute. And he's like, I'd love to kill you, but I promised your brother I wouldn't. And I actually keep my word. But honestly, he probably doesn't really give a shit anymore. So maybe I can just kill you, which <laughs> rules. Damon's like, but don't you want to know about your friend Michael? What? Dun, dun, dun. Klaus is like, what the fuck? He is very worried. And Damon's like, he knows you're here. And Klaus is like, you're bluffing, you're bluffing. And he's like, no, Catherine and I found him. Consider it our leverage. Boom. <laughs> Klaus fucking runs away like a lil bitch. <laughs> he's super zoops, which means he like zoops to the truck before Rebecca can get to the truck and he just drives away. He fucking abandons Rebecca. It's insane. Can, do we want to talk about this here? Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Rebecca was close by. <laughs> you could have taken her with you. Jill, where are you with the family dynamic between Klaus and Rebecca right now? I I don't, I mean, I remember last time you guys were talking about Klaus wanting to fuck Rebecca and I wasn't getting those vibes quite yet. Uh, and I still don't get those vibes. They're definitely not here, I will say. Yeah. It's a specific time and place where those vibes come into play. Mm -hmm. I think this is more about him being a terrible sibling. Yeah. Is she younger? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because he's the middle child, so uh, obviously Elijah's older, mm -hmm. and yeah, Rebecca's younger. Okay. Yeah, I'm still, like, figuring them out, but I like them both mm -hmm. individually. <laughs> Good to know. Good to have your take. Then we get to the hospital, and Damon finds Elena, and he, like, carries her home, and definitely no one types aw in the chat in really big words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's very she's very weak. She lost a lot of blood. So um, I can't imagine uh, how he would uh, treat that situation. Oh, God. But before we get there, we have a quick little Tyler Caroline beat where she's like, are you sure you're good? And he's like, no, I'm great. I'm <laughs> fucking amped. And he's like spinning her around and picking her up and kissing her. And uh, he's like, this year is going to be fucking great. <laughs> We've got uh, cocaine Tyler in the house. Tyler. That is my boy. <laughs> he is like very coked up in these episodes. I love it. Uh, he is walking on sunshine. We thought that uh, 1927 was coked up, mm -hmm. but uh, now we have 2011 Tyler and he is coked up as well. That's for damn sure. So we have a Bonnie and Matt scene and Bonnie's like, look, I know you want to help. I know you miss your sister, but what you did was reckless and stupid. <laughs> Yep. And Matt, unfortunately, has not learned his lesson. He has been fully indoctrinated into the Scooby group because he is now a person who's like, yeah, but honestly, me dying as a chess move worked pretty well. <laughs> and Bonnie's like, you don't want to be a part of this. You're the only one of us who actually gets to live your life like a normal person, no matter how lost you feel. Aww. He's like, I get it. He's like, I just want a minute to say goodbye to Vicky. You know, therapy would really help Matt Donovan. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, promises not to do anything stupid, but he and Vicky, like, sit down next to each other, and it's really sweet. They're smiling. Yeah, and he can see her now, because <laughs> he couldn't see her before. Yeah, and it's great. It's great, but also, remember guys, Anna was saying, we shouldn't trust Vicky. <laughs> and I and I trust Anna. <laughs> yeah, Anna's a good good egg. So Damon uh, immediately gives this uh, child who lost a lot of blood a bunch of brown liquor. 
He says it'll help you forget. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> I mean, it'll help her pass out immediately because she is so weak and this very strong bourbon. Yeah, uh, not great. Uh, and he offers to take away some of the memories of tonight in case she doesn't want to keep any. But she says, nope, no compulsion. I need to remember all of it. I need to remember my trauma, baby. He didn't really give Jeremy that choice. <laughs> but okay. So Damon stole back the necklace. She does not put it on. She's like just really sad. She watched Stefan like completely disappear. And it was really scary. And she now she just feels like he's gone. He's gone forever. Yeah. But for her, for all she knows right now, he is. Yeah. It, it's really sad. And she does this thing that uh, breaks my heart. Is She asks David, she goes, where were you? Oh. Oof. Because they've really started to, like, build something and rely on each other. And I think that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's the only way at the time I would have wanted them to start out on a path towards doing Damon and Elena, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, is if they start to care about each other in a way that's, you know, not just about wanting to bang, even though I want them to bang. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to cut by plum? Oh, uh, hopefully to a better <laughs> talk. Damon says that he shouldn't have left and that he promises he'll never leave again. And it's Hell a nice yeah. moment. And then who walks in? Well, Jill's like, bye-bye, Steve. To which I say, hello, Steven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jill, before we move on to the uh, Steve part of the scene, where's your Damon and Elena hype level at? They're coming back real strong, you guys. Now that I have Tyler and Caroline, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's going downhill from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Elena are uh, coming in hot. Look, they're a powerful combo. <laughs> Jill, your your mind, your mind is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> But they are not quite as powerful as bitchy Steven. And he comes in, he's like, isn't this cozy? And he's pouring himself a drink. And he's like, fucking Elena's under my protection. Like, Klaus is gone, but I'm supposed to keep an eye on her. But he looks at them and he's enjoying the fact that they're canoodling, which is very un-Steve of him. And he says, by all means, carry on. And he just leaves. (laughs) Yes, this is great. Again, before Paul Wesley uh, decided to change his name to Paul Wesley and was Mr. Paul Wasilewski, especially, he would get cast as these kind of dick bags. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Wasilewski swag comes from. Mm-hmm. And like with this, with, with Steven in the building, <laughs> the Wasilewski swag is in full effect. And I've never been happier. It fucking rules. <laughs> And then our final scene is a Jeremy Catherine mess around. (laughs) We get to the cemetery. They're checking out a crypt and they're like, look, this is the oldest wing of the largest cemetery in Charlotte and a witch supposedly entombed Michael, the vampire hunting vampire, here in the 90s. Catherine super shoves the lid off the crypt, off the tomb, and in there is a like mummified, desiccated vampire and his eyes pop open. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. End of the reckoning. Yeah, it's Michael who we did see in the end of the affair as the cop with his uh, fake American accent. And I feel like we didn't acknowledge that because it was like really a, a blip in that episode. But Michael's played by Sebastian Roche, who uh, people most likely know from like CW shows like recently Batwoman. He's in Supernatural, uh, Fringe. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff and uh, he he's really good for playing menacing. 
I will say. He's fucking great in this. Yeah, and he was also part of the Heath Ledger show in the 90s, Roar. <gasps> was he? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Heath Ledger yes, was one of my very first hyperfixations, so I've watched most of his stuff. <laughs> yes, uh, with Roche's ex-wife, who's also one of the stars, Vera Farmiga. <gasps> I believe that's where Whoa. they met. Ooh. Yes. The Farmig. The Farmigs. <laughs> King, are you ready to get into Smells Like Teen Spirit? I think so. Yes, I do have to say, before we go into this episode, I'm very disappointed that there was not a single Nirvana song. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was largely one day. how high schooly this episode is, which makes me happy. It had teens and spirits. <laughs> we did get Cat Graham covering garbage once on the show soundtrack. We should have gotten Cat Graham covering Nirvana on the soundtrack this episode. <laughs> Hell I would have yeah. loved that. I also would have loved that very much. And I'm sorry for bringing you into this world without it existing. Sorry, this episode is now dog shit. <laughs> it doesn't have that. <laughs> Big ol' F. <laughs> F. Absolutely insane. But you know what's not insane? How good the vampire dares. <laughs> So, I think it is pretty insane. You know what? It is, it, it is kind of insane how good it is, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like the show. <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan has turned. <laughs> so we open on Elena waking up early to train with Alaric. We have a moment where it is very clear that Alaric is like, don't talk to me. It's five in the morning and I and yeah, I'll train you, but I'm gonna be hungover for it. He definitely went to bed an hour before he woke up. A king. <laughs> How did he like pull it together for school, honestly? <laughs> I don't know. And I okay, don't Okay class this morning. We're watching a video. <laughs> Have you ever seen Glory? Uh... <laughs> How many days a week does Alaric's class watch videos? Four. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Some weeks it's a four video week. I only like to imagine he only teaches them about the Civil War once a week <laughs> and the rest is all videos. Uh, so he and Elena are training in the woods and he has this really dope ass device where essentially if you punch someone with it, it shoots this stake off the top of your forearm and like the pressure of your punch ejects the stake into a vampire. So you can essentially like punch a vampire uh, with a wooden stake. It rules. Morgan, he stole that from Angel the Vampire. Oh yeah, it rules. <laughs> Elena is trying to punch, but it's not working. And oh, she's like, oh, it must be jammed. And he's like, no, you need to lift weights and become strong. <laughs> he's like, you're a little weakling bitch. Uh, but also, I love the idea that when Alaric first decided he was going to become a vampire hunter to avenge Isabel, he just watched the first season of Angel over and over again. <laughs> this is what I gotta be prepared for. There's <laughs> a bunch of long coats. <laughs> God. Okay, anyways. So Alaric is making fun of Elena and asking her if she even lifts. And he even tosses a vervain grenade at Elena and pulls the pin. And he's like, look, the element of surprise is your only advantage when he comes to a vampire. So surprise. And she has to like throw the grenade away and it explodes in the air and it rolls. This is uh, how you parent. He is being like badass Giles here. Like that. This is the greatest rebranding of Alaric. Like it's it's technically a piece of his character already but giving him this like Buffy and Giles relationship with Elena is incredible I love it and not with Jeremy <laughs> yep <laughs> and none for Jeremy so Elena's like this isn't a joke to me and Alaric's like this isn't a fucking joke to me either you are now enemies with a group of vampires and they'll take whatever they want they'll hurt whoever they want they do it without remorse 
Elaine is like, you can stop with the pronouns. You can say Stefan. And Alaric, just say Stefan. Yeah. And it <laughs> rules. Alaric's like, look, I know you must be scared and you don't want it to happen again, but like, I'm gonna not treat you with kid gloves. And I love her attitude in this episode. Like, I, th- I think it's the even better and more logical version of how wonderfully optimistic, bordering on naive she is in The Reckoning. She's just like, look, I'm gonna protect myself, but I'm not gonna give up on the person that I love and trying to bring them back. I'm just gonna be smart about it. I love it. I think Elena continues to rule this season. Yeah, and uh, Rick calls her the strongest person he knows, which, aw. Yeah, it's great. Jill, did you like this kind of like new shading to their relationship? I think it's great. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And then like the callback later into the episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> I love Jock Rick. <laughs> so then it's Mystic Falls High. This scene again is so shades of Buffy. It's them walking into their first day of high school and Bonnie being like, I don't know, this feels kind of underwhelming after everything. <laughs> and Caroline's, yeah, all right, prank night was a bust. And I'm like, people died. <laughs> Bonnie says, yeah, you're right. Why should I let the fact that my boyfriend's seeing the ghost of his dead girlfriends hinder the experience? And Caroline says, yeah, and why should I let the fact that my boyfriend was turned into a hybrid put a damper on an otherwise fabulous day? And instead of doing another pithy remark, Elena brings the whole vibe down by realizing that today is her anniversary with Stefan, in a way, because they met on the first day of school last year. Which I'm like, that's not the exact date, but whatever. I mean, Stefan and Caroline also met on the same day. So it's also their anniversary. So Team Steve is still alive in the Caroline Triangle of Men. Uh, You're fighting valiantly. Can't believe (laughs) it smells like teen spirit instead of ghosts of girlfriends past. Oh, what a thing that existed. (laughs) And Bonnie's like, oof, do you want to like not go to school? Which I'm like, Bonnie, that's not an option. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to be brave and go to school. New year, new life. She does not want to be afraid, you guys. (laughs) She's got my plum. (laughs) So then back in the Salvatore house, Damo walks in on Steve and a bunch of scantily clad ladies playing Twister that Steve is drinking from. Um, I, we didn't do it in the chat, but Jill, do you want to make like your sorority joke that you did that one time? <laughs> your tried-out joke, that's what I it is. Tried-out joke? Are they all tried-outs? I mean, I'm making, I'm just going to say they are, because it's like, it has similar vibes. <laughs> if you can't get one anywhere else, tried-out. <laughs> Jock Jill return. <laughs> Jock Jill? It's crazy you managed to steal my lunch money even though you're not here. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where my favorite Damon comes in. Damon that's protective of the decor in the Salvatore house. He says, hey, the two brunettes on the staircase owe me a Persian rug. (laughs) And this is kind of like when we saw the flashback of early vampire stuff and just making a mess all over their original home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He doesn't clean up after himself. Yeah, Seven's a real fucking mess. He offers Damon a spin in the game of Twister, so he's not a complete monster. And Damon's like, so do you really think this is what Klaus had in mind? And Seven says, well, these ladies are helping me be all that I can be. It's no calling them goddesses, but it's something. Goddesses. Goddesses. So then uh, Rebecca shows up and (laughs) this scene is so goddamn funny. She's like, I guess I live here now because Cloud didn't take me with him. And they're all like, you may not stay here. And she's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. She's like, I'll find my own room. And this is where I noted, oh, fuck, because Elena did die. She came back, but she did die. That means like the whole deed thing doesn't matter because she died. It's a whole uh, Buffy triggering the new Slayer situation. Yeah. 
She calls both of them rude and goes upstairs to pick a room. Because they both are very rude to her. They really are. But God... God, I love him. So then we have a Jeremy and Bonnie scene. Woo! <laughs> and Jeremy's like, why are you talking to me? It's not cool to talk to juniors anymore. He's like, are you mad at me? And Bonnie's like, I'm not mad. I'm resigned to the fact that I'm sharing space in our relationship with Anna and Vicky. Damn, girl. And Jeremy's like, well, I haven't even talked to Vicky in a while. <laughs> king. King. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Jeremy, actually, the situation's only half as bad as you said, so you should only be half as mad starting right now. Good God, an (laughs) idiot. So Bonnie's like, that is not the point. (laughs) And he's like, sorry. He's like, I had to see Anna. She had information that Damon needed. And she's like, I get it. But if you put yourself in my shoes, here's the thing. You loved both of them and you never broke up with them. They died. Because Jeremy's a double widow. (laughs) (laughs) He's a double widow, and he's like 16. Can we all refer to um, Jeremy as the widow from now on? The widow. Uh, So Bonnie just kind of ends their conversation by being like, look, I just want you to remember that you have the power to decide whether or not you see them. And that is really fair. Which I guess he told her that part. Don't fucking say that part, dude. (laughs) It only happens when I'm thinking about Anna, which is all the fucking time. Okay, so then, uh, speaking of seeing ghosts, outside, Matt is at the stoner pit, and Vicky appears. And well, no, like, this is uh, him in his car, right? Oh, never mind, I'm so sorry, this is him, you are right, this is him in his car, in the parking lot, he's parking his truck, and she scares Matt in this moment, but she's like, you were so much better at being a part of this than I was, which I think is uh, tremendously sad. Yeah, uh, you would have to go, so Vicky makes sure to be the saddest character there is. Yeah, he's like, you are scaring me. And she's like, sorry, I'm a ghost. It's all I got. But I couldn't appear if you weren't thinking about me. Aw, because he's always thinking about his sister because he's the saddest boy. Literally, just like every line they say, it's like them volleying like between who's sadder. <laughs> Donovan kids are not happy. Yeah, it's just really hard. And he's like, look, with you gone and mom not around, it's a lot to deal with alone, but at least now I get to talk to you. Vicky's like, yeah, about that. What if I told you there was a way you could help me come back? Maybe uh, Jeremy should have told Matt uh, what Anna said about Vicky. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So then Tyler shows up and interrupts. He is doing a drum roll on the windshield because he is bouncing off the fucking walls. And he's like, what's up? What are you doing? You talking to yourself? (laughs) He's just like, it's my new Bluetooth. And it's like, whatever the sponsor is for the week. Oh, I wish. And Matt is like, what's got you in such a good mood? And Tyler says, we're seniors, man. Life is good. Also, all the cocaine. Also the cocaine. (laughs) So back at uh, Michael's tomb, Catherine is dangling a live mouse by its tail above his mouth. And she's like, breakfast. I love it. He is not having it. She gets a phone call from Damo and she answers it, which she apparently has not been doing for the past two days. (laughs) I have a question. (laughs) Did Jeremy like take her car to go back home? I guess. Maybe she got him like a bus ticket. (laughs) I mean, I guess because like, just like Damon, she could have like zooped back after. So did Jeremy like just park her car at the Salvatore's or something? Maybe. (laughs) I hope. Catherine can get a car wherever she wants. Like, it's the car Catherine stole the most recently, more than it is Catherine's car, I'm sure. Of course, yeah. 
So Catherine's like, yeah, Michael won't eat. So I'm having trouble resuscitating him. And Damon's like, well, whatever, try harder. And she's like, okay, fine. How do you think Nina Dobrev felt about holding a mouse? I hope it was fun. (laughs) I hope 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 she had a great time. So then back at Mystic Falls High, a lady gets a phone call from Damon and she's like, are you checking up on me? Because I'm fine. And he's like, yeah, um, it's more that you shouldn't come to our house anymore because Rebecca lives here now. (laughs) Barbie Klaus, as uh, he calls her. Which I love. It's just rude, honestly. It's pretty rude, but Elena's like, so what's up with Stefan? And Damon tries to lie. He's like, you know, journaling, reading, shaping his hair. And she's like, seriously, though, I can handle it. And Damon uh, hangs up on her. Damon is worse at lying to Elena than Stefan was. And Stefan was terrible at lying to Elena. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. So they end the call and we see Caroline hanging up a Spirit Squad back to school bonfire poster. Sounds like our event of the week. And Elena's yes. like, oh, right, the bonfire. And Caroline immediately is like, but you have to go. And Elena's like, calm down. I'm going. So the bonfire is like the same event from the pilot, obviously, right? Yes. And it's a school sanctioned thing. Yet the amount of teen drinking at this event (laughs) suggests it shouldn't be. To be fair, there seems to be teen drinking at every town event. Mm -hmm. Is that just what living in a small town is like? I don't know, and I'm asking genuinely. I mean, for my town, we all drank at high school football games. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it just might kind of be like that. It seemed brazen when Jeremy did it at the pep rally for football. But here it's just like they go into the woods. There's no chaperone. There's kegs. Mm-hmm. And this is supposedly school sanctioned. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Alaric being the worst chaperone happening here. Oh, God. Then who bounces in head full of steam? But one Tyler Lockwood coked out as hell. And they immediately <laughs> are like, is that blood on your shirt? <laughs> It's just like a, a little blood bag situation. And Elena continues her tradition of going in the boys' bathroom on the first day of school. Yes. And they all get Tyler into there so they can clean his shirt. And Elena says words to Tyler. <laughs> so I count it as best friend scene number five. Absolutely. He never speaks to her. He only speaks to Carol. <laughs> because I think it's like, it's a sixth sense thing. He can't see Elena. <laughs> She is the ghost in this situation. Mm-hmm. So Tyler's like, whatever, it was just a blood bag. Rebecca hooked me up. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Why are you talking to Rebecca? And he's like, oh, well, Klaus told her to keep an eye on me, protect his new asset. And he's like, so proud. <laughs> Which I also imagine was like a phone call Klaus gave her after he already ditched her. 100%. The same thing for Stefan, too. Yeah. <laughs> So Caroline is like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, I'm the first successful hybrid. Don't you think that's cool? (laughs) And Caroline is like, no, this is not cool. And Elena's like, I'm going to leave. And then she tries to leave and bumps directly into Stefan because again, we're just doing the pilot over and I'm screaming. The pilot, but different. It's so good. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he says, what do you mean? I'm going back to high school. Go Timberwolves. Uh, yes. By the way, Jill, how did you feel about coked up Tyler in the bathroom scene? (laughs) I fucking love him. (laughs) He is so dumb and I love him so much. Honestly, coked up Tyler is a little bit the patron saint of this podcast. (laughs) He likes Caroline and he's amped. What more can we ask for? (laughs) Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah. So then 
Stefan and Elena have this little conversation. She's like, let go of me. And he's like, do you really think I want to be here? That I want to be a senior for the hundredth time? But like, I'm gonna keep an eye on you, like I said. And Alaric like stands up and is like, let her go. And it rules until Stefan uh, pushes him up against the locker. And again, a bunch of high school kids are like, what the fuck is going on? on with them like <laughs> did you see that Stephen salvatore pushed mr saltzman into some lockers <laughs> the rare time Stephen comes to school and he just attacks the teacher for the one class he goes to so amazing alaric saltzman's never gonna be able to write my recommendation letter for dartmouth because he's always coming to school hungover and recently choked <laughs> if i were at this school and i didn't like, you know, I wasn't directly friends with these people and I just kind of was watching. I would think that, like, these brothers showed up and they're, like, drug dealers yeah. and everyone got <laughs> in with them and, like, the one teacher is, like, wrapped up in the in the business, is, like, a customer and they're, they all go and, like, you know, get high and, uh, and they're all, like, fucked up together all the time. I would 100% like, assume that. Did you hear, like, this Damon Salvatore got Caroline Forbes hooked on drugs? Exactly, 100%. <laughs> Because your case, your Caroline's like a junkie now. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, and that's the show we've been watching. <laughs> and Stefan's like, you don't want to get in my way, Rick. Yikes. Not hot at all. Yeah, if, you, if you saw this happening, you'd be like, oh god, is this child about to beat down, like, Mr. Saltzman for, like, owing him money for drugs? For, like, like, pills? Like, this sucks. Like, Vicky Donovan died. You know that's yeah. a pill thing, too. This, like, like, I got, like, literally every time you see any of the drama, it's like, I gotta get the fuck out of this town. Like, this Jesus is... Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, should we tell the principals, like, no, snitches get stitches. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you don't know what they'll fucking do to you. You know what happened to Dana and Chad? Me neither. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. Only on the CW. Only on the CW. So Alaric's like, hey, Elena, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I guess Klaus compelled him to watch over me. And he's like, okay, so now he's a bodyguard. And Elena says, I don't know what he is, but he's definitely not Stefan. And uh, him being here is not good for any of us. So we got to do something. They go to class and uh, Stefan bullies a kid for sitting next to Elena. He's like, you're in my seat. Everyone hates them. Yeah, he's like, hey, you, to Elena. <laughs> it rules. Alaric starts uh, trying to teach his class. He's talking about our country's original founders, the Native Americans. That's right. He said it. But then who walks in but Rebecca, who's like, what about the Vikings? <laughs> A queen. She takes a seat. Alaric is just looking at all of these people in his classroom. He does not know how to deal with. He has lost control of his entire life. He is making like $25,000 a year to do this. And he's like, what the fuck? God. No wonder he drinks. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Joe, would you drink? Uh, uh. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard, man. He's like, um, there is no evidence that Viking explorers actually settled in the United States. Who are you? <laughs> she says, my name's Rebecca. I'm new. And history is my favorite subject. But you guys, since Rebecca brought up the Vikings, write that all in your vampire diaries. Yep. Is that important? Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Joe's feeling like a lark right now. I'm like, Bill, don't you want to drink right now? Like, God. <laughs> 
so this is where Matt goes to the stoner pit next, and Vicky's like, you have no business in the stoner pit, and he teases her and says, I figured you'd feel comfortable here. And it's nice! <laughs> if this were season one and it was Jeremy saying it, it would be very mean. Yeah, but this is sweet, and Vicky's like, yeah, I can, o- I can only come back when you're thinking about me, but there's, like, a way that I could be free of it. Um, and she's like, I have help from the other side. Then Jeremy walks up and is like, what are you doing here? And Matt's like, what are you doing? in here. He hooked back on the devil's lettuce um, as someone I knew in high school called it once. Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) Matt Donovan calling weed a jazz cigarette. Yes, please. (laughs) Jeremy's like, whatever. I'm just looking for my stoner lab partner. See you later. And then Matt looks over at Vicky and is like, can she not see you anymore? Cut to Jeremy telling Anna, so I could see Vicky right there. (laughs) Which, by the way, wasn't like the smartest thing Jeremy has ever done. It might be. Seriously, that was really good thinking. She's like, Vicky says she can come back. She has help from the other side. And Anna's like, oh shit, that's no good. (laughs) So Anna's like, I guess she could come back if she had a stronger foothold. And Jeremy says, like an anchor? And hmm, an anchor. And Anna's like, yeah, right now I'm tethered to you. My only access point to your side is through you. But if she were to get a stronger foothold, then, you know, maybe things could change. And Vicky is kind of wheedling Matt with Matt and she's like please like I just want to go where I want when I want and I won't have to rely on you and Matt's like but you'd still be a ghost and she's like in a town full of vampires werewolves and witches like (laughs) which is a fair point Mm -hmm. and she's like please relax no one will be able to see me Anna however insists that Vicky's bad news there's nothing but darkness all around her and Jeremy's like well she's not a bad person and Anna says you can't upset the balance of nature without a price if she's using a witch's energy from the other side you don't know what price she's going to pay for it yeah and Vicky really layers it on thick and is like look Matt I don't have to be on the other side all alone if we do this and you don't have to be all alone either which is no fucking fair. And she even cries a single tear. So, of course, Matt's like, well, then what do I have to do? Because he's a sweet yeah, boy. I mean, we all like Vicky, but, like, she's clearly manipulating her brother. Yeah. Where are you with Matt right now, Jill? Are you annoyed with him or do you, are you sympathetic that this would be a tough situation? No, I'm I'm very sympathetic. I liked Matt a lot these episodes. Yay! Um, yeah, this is good, <laughs> he's Matt. He's not on my shit list anymore. <laughs> because now you're not, like, worried about him coming for Caroline. That's why. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. He gets it. He's bummed, but he gets it. (laughs) So then we go over to uh, after school activities. Rebecca's trying out to be a cheerleader and her pink feathers in her hair are prominent. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Claire Holt just hopped off the the set of Pretty Little Liars. She was like, I'm stealing something from you, Lucy Hale, and deal with it. (laughs) Guys, I did find the picture of my blue feathers. Oh (laughs) Oh my god. Send them right now. I need them. Uh, I have my drunk face on where it's very yes. red, so <laughs> ignore that. I'm uh, only hearing pros here. <laughs> senior year of high school. Oh my god. I've received it. I've not received it yet because my phone's stupid. I will receive it eventually. You look cute. And I see that blue feather and I'm I'm Uh, proud. Yeah, we got it. There it is. Oh, Jill, I love this. Uh, Enhance. 
No regrets. This is, uh, for all, everyone listening, I will say, this is, like, the least incriminating picture that there could yeah. possibly be of, like, a picture that is still of Jill drunk with blue feathers in her hair. Like, it's <laughs> it's the least, it's like, you know, it should be the smoking no, gun, but, like, wholesome. no, it, yeah. it's not bad. There's really nothing for us to clown on her for, and, you know, it's, yeah. The Jill, I, I think we can me. all agree, do worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same night, I fell asleep on a treadmill. <laughs> yes there you go i love it oh my god i love it so much so caroline's like hey stop trying to infiltrate all our lives and rebecca admits i'm only interested in yours your spunk your popularity maybe even your boyfriend dun, dun, dun. <laughs> rules honestly i respect her she's just like the only one who has it right here is caroline <laughs> Yeah, she, she saw a target and she locked in. Mm-hmm. I guess football is no longer canceled because uh, Tyler is doing it and there's a new coach. Tyler is being his like extra jockey self, except now he has mind control powers. So he compels the coach to shut the hell up so we can go get drunk at the bonfire. Yikes. The school sanctioned bonfire. It kind of rules, but also no. <laughs> and Caroline trying to tell him, you know, be subtle and... Hello, he's on coke. He cannot be subtle. And Tyler's like coming from the queen of subtlety. And I'm like, what the fuck? She does a good job at hiding her vampirism. And he's like, whatever, I'm in total control. I love to say that I'm in total control when I am in total control as well. So I can relate. (laughs) And we should also note that the cheerleaders, the one cheerleader who is not Tiki, so I don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. uh, She's like, has anyone seen Dana? (laughs) And Caroline makes a face. She's like, aw, R.I.P. Dana. Which begs the question, did they, like, put her body in a barrel or something? Like, (laughs) Who the fuck knows? (laughs) That sounds about, like, the kind of thing that Damo would do. Yeah, probably. It's always Damo disposing of the bodies. Yeah. So Tyler's like, drop it. I've never been better. Klaus has given me a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline is truly like, what in the fuck? And then uh, Rebecca does a bunch of flips and does the splits. (laughs) And I love her more than anything. It looks like Claire Hall can do the splits. Yeah, she can. Good for her. <laughs> this is why uh, she got the nickname Holy Holty in, in my eyes. <laughs> she fucking rules. Tyler's like, damn, that girl's got moves. And I'm like, watch it, dude. It also reminds me, I still need to watch the Claire Holt Many More Shark movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Is that like 40 something below or something? 47 meters down, right? I think so. I did read the twist, though. Oh. So I, I, it's, 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 it's quite a twist, by the way. Do not tell me I'm scared I of sharks. They go even more meters down. <laughs> you need to you need to experience it. Actually, we, should, we should absolutely watch that, and the only reason we won't is because, yes, Morgan is very scared of sharks. I can is try. it streaming on Netflix? Because I feel like we should do an event. Ooh, that would be really fun. Yeah, let's find out where that's streaming. So then... We have Stefan finding Elena and running on the track alongside her. Elena is in no mood to be spoken to while she works out, which I can relate to. But also the movie is streaming on Netflix, just so you know. Fuck. Okay, interesting. And (laughs) Stefan's like, look, you think I'm annoying now? Wait till homecoming. Hey, who are you bringing, by the way? I don't want to be weird. (laughs) (laughs) I am obsessed with Stefan. I'm obsessed with dirtbag Stefan. I love him. This is where the iconic watch it dick is said because a guy bumps into Elena. And uh, Stefan has to tell him, watch it, dick. And he shoves him onto the ground. Uh. And Elena just yells, who are you? And he says, I'm the guy who's been assigned to protect a human blood bag. I mean, 
no offense or anything. <laughs> just uh, again, like the perspective of the normal students who are like, okay, senior year. Hopefully those weird fucking kids won't ruin everything again. And like day one, it's so bad already. (laughs) They're worse than before. There's like more of them. Like Rebecca's here now. Who the fuck is Rebecca? Like what? Now a girl's here with an accent? I I don't know. She's got feathers in her hair. She seems cool sometimes, but she also seems like a real bitch. It's so wild. I love it. So then back in the in the tomb, Catherine is like trying to feed this guy to Michael. And a few <laughs> drops of blood fall in his mouth, and he finally like wakes up a little bit and he's like, No, get it away. <laughs> That's your Michael impression. It's like full <laughs> palpatine for like one line, and it's really wild. Comparing Michael to Palpatine actually really works. Do it. So <laughs> Catherine's like, you need blood. And he's like, get it away from me. (laughs) And so she's like, fine. She like throws the corpse. And she's like, are you happy? And he's like, thank you. As we discussed last episode, it's one of those things where, you know, the Nina Dobrev, like the actress who plays Catherine, I'm like, wow, the actress who plays Catherine wasn't given too much to do this episode. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Catherine's like, oh, yeah, I remember you, Chicago, 1920s, looking for Klaus. But you're not so scary for a badass vampire vampire hunter, uh, which is pretty fair. He doesn't seem uh, so spooky so far. Because he's a weird Palpatine, apparently. Fucking, go, go. (laughs) Uh, This is exactly what it sounded like. If you don't believe me, watch it again. So then, in what is described on my transcript simply as room, Elena is lifting weights. Elena's lifting weights in room. Is that room a large apartment? I don't know. It seems like it's like the Salvatore house weight room. Like, I was very confused. Which is, I think, is the same set as a large apartment. Yeah. So, Damon's like, what are you gonna do? Bench press a vampire? And she's like, I'm fucking working shit out. Stefan called me a human blood bag. He's mean now. I don't like it. And Damon tries to mess with her by pushing down on the bar she's benching. You know, as you do. He's like, come on. Come on, Buffy. I screamed. Uh, (laughs) We all yelled. (laughs) And she says, like, one obnoxious Salvador isn't enough and racks the weights. What do you think Damon's opinions on the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer are? Damon loves Spike. (laughs) And that's why I love Damon. (laughs) Damon actually might hate, like, or at least try to say he hates Spike, just because he doesn't want to say he's, like, exactly like Spike. He's 100% like, yeah, that's not what it's like. And he watched that all the time, and then Spike showed up, and he was like, he was, like, hate-watching Buffy, and he's like, this isn't what it's like, this is stupid. And then Spike showed up, and he's like, this guy's, like, kind of cool. This guy's this guy's an emo little bitch, unlike Damon. <laughs> he's like, I don't, whatever, I don't like him, he's stupid, he, I don't fucking... And then, like, once he and Buffy started being together, he was, like, insanely invested. <laughs> Sorry, this is a long explanation of what I think uh, his take would be, but that's what I imagine the take would be. (laughs) So then he asks uh, what her plan is and calls her a warrior princess, because in addition to being Buffy, she's also Xena, which rules. And she's like, I want to lock Stefan up at least until Michael comes, kills Klaus, and the compulsion breaks. And Damon's like, well, compelled or not, he's still high on human blood. And Elena's like, whatever, I've gotten him off of it before. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) I love you. But girl! Damon's like, this is different. Like, his humanity is gone. This is gonna be a much more, like, involved process. And she says, whatever, then do it for me, Damon. It's just every time I look at him, I feel like I'm gonna break, and I just don't want to give him the satisfaction. And then he takes her hand, 
and he places it on his chest. You guys. (laughs) At this point, my brain fully was thrown out the window. (laughs) This scene is very hot. He shows her where the sternum is, and then it's a solid plate of bone, so it's no good to stake through there. You have to. And then he flips her around and, like, touches her back through her tank top and is like, you gotta do it just below the rib cage next to the spine. What?! I'm very, very, very thankful for your recap because everything went blank when I was watching that. And I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what's happening. And he finishes the scene off by saying, I'll do whatever it is you need me to do. No one's going to hurt you, especially not my brother. Any thoughts, gang? No thoughts, head empty. (laughs) I'm good. This scene's really hot, uh, is my take. I, yes. This is nice of him to do. He's being helpful. Nothing sexier. It's nighttime. Alaric, David, Elena, and Caroline are in Alaric's classroom. Uh, Maybe they should not do plans there anymore since Steve would know where they do their plans. Good old Steve. They're in the clubhouse and the agreed upon plan is that Elena will lure Stefan away from the bonfire and when he's distracted. Yeah, with my sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish. Solvers the problem. And Alaric's like, yeah, and I'll shoot him. And then uh, Damon's like, can't Bonnie just juju him or something? (laughs) Which I love that Elena's like, I'm actually trying to keep Bonnie out of this. I don't trust that Stefan wouldn't hurt her. So Caroline's big role in all of this is to make sure the old Forbes jail cell is prepped and ready. Is that uh, what that was? For the torture of a friend. (laughs) The the torture room uh, that they took prisoners to, you know. Yeah. So Damon's like, what about Rebecca? And Elena's like, that's on you, pal. (laughs) Damon, you gotta use your sexuality. And he's like, ah, yes, my sexuality. Uh, At least they didn't try to get Jeremy to use the Gilbert charm on Rebecca. (laughs) Sorry, I just threw up my mouth. Um, So... Damon asks Alaric, are you ever not going to be mad at me for a day? And Alaric says, doubtful rules. (laughs) Tyler walks in and Elena's like, okay, so here's the deal, best friend. I need you to raid your mom's vervain supply, enough to keep Stefan down for a while. Question, did she actually talk to to Tyler? Because that would be number six then, right? He does. I believe this is number six. Because Tyler responds, oh no, you can't do that to Stefan. And they're all like, why? And Elena says, look, trust me, this is in Stefan's best interest. And he goes, oh yeah, but it's not in Klaus's. (laughs) Whoops. And Damon immediately realizes as Tyler keeps talking. Yeah. Caroline goes, um... But Klaus is the bad guy. (laughs) She says, why are you acting like some freaky hybrid slave minion? And this is when Damon realizes that Tyler has been sired, which means that he is like overly loyal and thankful to Klaus because Klaus's blood created him. Pause. Jill, what did you feel when you heard that he, that Tyler had been sired? To Klaus. You guys, that is the best thing I could have asked for. In that moment. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I want Tyler to just have a fat crush on Klaus this whole time. You want him to have a big lesbian crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So the way Damon explains it, being sired means that Tyler's going to seek acceptance from his master. And he's like, it's really rare, but maybe not so much in hybrids. And Caroline says, so how do I fix him? And Damon says, get a new boyfriend. Yes, but also write down it's really rare in your vampire diaries, everyone. Mm-hmm. So then at the bonfire, we have a brief Rebecca and Stefan conversation. She's miffed that Tyler's not here. And she's like, wow, into Tyler now, kind of fickle. And she says, well, look. 
Like whenever, uh, when you're willing to give me the time of day, then we'll talk. But until then, a girl has needs. <laughs> um, Morgan, do you want to say what you said in the chat that made me upset? Is this where I joked that she needs, a sh- that, she, that she wants a shorty on the side, which I used in the Nick Miller context of, is it still cool to call a girl shorty? <laughs> like she's fully like, look, obviously you and I are like my big goal. But until then, I want someone to fuck. Like I want a side piece. And I love that for her. So Elena arrives and she's like, whatever, I want beer. And she's like, not looking at Stefan. She's like, I'm having fun. Do you have a problem with that? And uh, yeah, she drinks a whole cup of beer and he's like, take it easy. You're a lightweight. And she's like, whatever. You think I'm going to let a blood addict tell me how to drink? And she storms off. It rules. And then Stefan says, reminds me of my favorite Buffy episode, Beer Bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, see, if they really watch Buffy, they would know it would be, it's bad to drink as much as they do because of the episode <laughs> Beer Bath. And yet... <laughs> complete continuity <laughs> error here uh, uh, I mean <laughs> Stefan right now is a real Parker Abrams and that's why I love him so much yeah that's why I find myself uncomfortably attracted to him <laughs> So then we have a Matt and Vicky scene, and Matt's like, oh, okay, of course, I'll just slice my hand open and do this spell and say I accept you. And then magic happens, and suddenly Vicky is corporeal. (laughs) Any kind of spell where you have to say I accept you um, is bad? (laughs) Not good. There's like a bunch of smoke and shit. No thanks. But they hug, and it is nice for Matt to uh, get a real hug from his dead sister. <laughs> uh, as noted in the chat, he knows how to hug his sister like his sister. Stephen Armour Queen, please take notes. The next scene, I get scared of Jeremy's shoulders. So yeah, <laughs> Bonnie and Jeremy are alone in the hallway, and she's like, did you talk to Anna about this? And uh, Jeremy's like, well, she is on the other side. I thought that, you know... She might know something. And Bonnie's like, about what? Like, what the fuck? Like, I thought everyone was alone. And uh, Jerry says, well, somehow Vicky's been communicating with some super strong witch. And Bonnie's like, well, if there's another witch involved, don't you think you should have come to me before Anna? And Anna appears and is like, tell her not to be upset. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeremy's like, not now, Anna. And Bonnie's (laughs) like, Anna's here? (laughs) And it is very farcical. And Jeremy's like, I'm sorry, Anna's just trying to help. And Bonnie's like, I cannot fucking do this. Matt's trying to resurrect his dead sister. So I think I'll just go deal with that instead. (laughs) And she storms off. And I'm like, yes, babe, go to Matt. Yes. Agreed. Jeremy, you done goofed. Mm-hmm. So then back at the Donovans, Vicky is like enjoying having her sense of touch back. And she's like putting her hand above candles. <laughs> Matt's like, oh, so the witch didn't tell you about this? And she's like, well, it makes sense. Our deal was that she'd help me to do what I needed to do. And he's like, what's that? And then she uh-huh. picks up a wrench and says, I have to restore the balance. Yeah, because uh, Klaus's hybrids can't be allowed to survive. <laughs> and it's like, you can't kill Tyler, which Jill agrees, obviously. But uh, <laughs> don't worry, gotta kill Tyler's best friend, Elena. So she fucking smacks the shit out of Matt with a wrench and is like, sorry, I want to stay and leaves. Yeah. LOL. So then we're at the bonfire. People are doing keg stands and chanting drink. Elena's getting rowdy. She and Stefan are like looking at each other from across the bonfire and raising their cups. It's hot. Rebecca is roasting marshmallows and who joins her but Damon? And Rebecca says, what? No friends your age? And Damon says, like, you can talk, which is fun. But also, we've been saying Damon has no friends his age for literally the beginning of the show. Yes. And uh, Rebecca's like, burning marshmallows 
12 isn't fun. <laughs> and Damon's like, no, no, no. And then he like feeds her. It's incredibly sexy. <laughs> A plus, I'm in. They should fuck. <laughs> and Elena is like watching them from a distance and it looks like she's getting jealous. She's got the gels, you guys. Yeah, hell, yeah, hell, yeah, hell, yeah. Jill is feral. <laughs> well, then I'm about to get feral because who the fuck notices? But Stefan, who walks up right behind Elena and says, what's that look? The way he does this <laughs> is wild. Like, he just the, like, you know what I'm doing, like, oh, is that your personal space? Am I whispering this in your ear condescendingly, uh, but playfully? Oh, my God. Uh, re- yeah, that was some good shit. Hot as hell. The yeah. Wasa Lucy swag, it's, it strikes, it's powerful. This is what it does. He's like, my brother's got his flirt on and you're jealous. And she's like, no. And he's like, no, whatever. By all means, be jealous. Damon will be thrilled. <laughs> Stefan says, getting his flirt on. Stefan says that. He says it. That's so not a Steve move. It's very Steven of him. <laughs> and uh, This man was born in the 1840s. <laughs> <laughs> And Elena's like, I'm not jealous. To which Stefan replies, okay, my mistake. And uh, she finishes her drink and like <laughs> storms off. So then Bonnie's on the phone with Matt, who is like, I got bonked. <laughs> and he's like, I fucked up. I fucked up. And Bonnie's like, okay, explain. <laughs> then Vicky finds a joint. Someone leaves. And she's like, hey, hello, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> It Which I love. It would be hilarious if she got distracted from her mission because she's like, but drugs! I can have drugs again! <laughs> if she got stoned right now and didn't do anything, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I would uh, support her. <laughs> so, Damon is making a s'more for Rebecca and he's like, can't believe you've never had one of these. And she's like, well, yeah, I've been in a casket for like almost a hundred years. <laughs> And he's like, eh, no excuse. Uh, Rebecca's like, why are you being so nice to me? You should hate me. You should be mean. To which David replies, well, I could be mean if that's what you're into. (laughs) I yell. She's like, oh, wait, I get it. You're distracting me. It's never going to be a fair fight between us. You're an idiot. And she stabs him in the stomach. (laughs) And leaves. (laughs) I love her. I love her so much. Rebecca, girl, like... Ignore the Salvatore boys. They're idiots. (laughs) (laughs) So then over at the Lockwoods, Tyler wakes up because they've remained him to sleep, I guess. Oh, I guess Wolfsbane's him to sleep. Oh, or Wolfsbane, yeah. So Caroline's like, I brought you here. You were being a (laughs) D-bag. And he's like, what's your problem today? She's like, my fucking problem is that you've been sired and you put Klaus's needs first. Tyler disagrees. He says, he's like, no one's controlling me. I'm not anyone's pet. And she's like, well, either way, you're acting like the old you, pre-werewolf you who was obnoxious, like the kind of guy I never would have been friends with. And I like that she says that because I think the deal is the thing that has changed between them and the thing that makes their relationship good when it is good is that they're friends and that they like each other like that it's built on a foundation of friendliness and warmth rather than Mm -hmm. something kind of like angsty and shitty uh which i appreciate that is uh peak tyler caroline which i believe their ship name wasn't their ship named forwood i maybe i vaguely remember that yeah that seems familiar forwood yeah because forbes and lockwood i don't like that (laughs) i don't like that either. (laughs) what you want to tie a line or caroler (laughs) yeah tie a line yeah (laughs) Forwards, <laughs> yeah. if you can come up with a better honestly, one than Forwards. Honestly, tie line is better. Ugh. Tie line. 
Yeah. Disagree, but whatever. It's uh, well, it sounds like okay. a disinfectant. Yeah. That's why it's good. It- I was going to say, I guess they have to break up because they don't have a good couple name. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that, like, ship names for, like, in Smallville were, like, atrocious because they all sounded like STDs. <laughs> because you got Clark and Lana, which is Clana. You got Clark and Chloe, which is, like, it's just Chloe, like, without the H, I guess? Ugh. Clark and Lois, which is Clois. I mean, Ugh. few things beat Katniss and Peeta being penis. <laughs> <laughs> Although, however, if you really shipped them, their actual ship name was Everlark, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> God. There you go, gang. So, anyways, the scene adds in a very, ends in a very nice way, which is, like, Tyler's like, oh, shit. I don't want to be that guy. I hated that guy. And Caroline's like, look, everything about your personality is heightened now. You have to be careful. So he promises to be. He's like, just don't hate me because everything I like about me is you. Which is very sweet. Jill, what do you think? Um, I love him with my entire heart. (laughs) (laughs) That line got me. I'm so happy for you because we're about to talk uh, to a scene that has my entire heart. (laughs) Back at Mystic Falls High, Elena is laying on the bleachers and looking up at the sky. And she's like, I used to know every con- constellation. How did I forget them all? <laughs> uh, drunk Elena, you guys. A gif of Stefan appears, um, which I believe was used in the fandom a lot, where he says, you're drunk. You need to go home, which I uh, enjoyed using. So Elena's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll kill him from my car. And uh, Stefan's like, you are fucking kidding me. And Elena goes, uh-oh, it's the fun police. <laughs> and she's just clowning on him. It is so fun. She's like, I thought Ripper Stefan was fun. And so she starts climbing on the fucking bleachers. She goes full Duncan Kane, you guys. Yes, she does. And she climbs over the railing. And Stefan's like, what are you, five? Like, cut it out. And she's like, why are you afraid that I'm gonna... And she pretends to fall. And he's like, you're hilarious, which was another gift. And she's like, yeah, you're doing a really bad bad job. Klaus wouldn't be happy. She keeps pretending to fall, pretending to fall, but then she really does fall and he zoops over and catches her and she like breathlessly whispers I knew I knew you'd catch me and like they are looking at each other. Dang. I know it's his job, which is what Jill pointed out, but I would like to say that it was not his job to make like a sexy little sigh when she fell into his arms. That Klaus didn't ask for that I know of. Yeah, his humanity's off doesn't mean he doesn't he still want to fuck. Yeah, the let's just say it's still there. He's still in there. <laughs> the Fight whole, it, Stefan. The horny, the horny <laughs> you is still in there, Stefan. Uh, Michael ships Elena and believing that Stefan is still in there. <laughs> and anytime anyone's still in there, you gotta get them out. You gotta out. get big up. Yeah. So I fucking love this and it's really hot. And uh, he like lets go of her and they just like stare at each other. And then Stefan gets shot in the back a bunch and it's Alaric for vein darting the fuck out of him. It rules. <laughs> and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, fine. And he says, you look uh, not sober. <laughs> Which you're one to talk, buddy. I mean, he can hold his liquor. He's an alcoholic. Lena is not. She's just a child who cannot hold her liquor. I mean, I guess she can't hold her beer. Fair enough. She's like, whatever, the plan worked. Let's go. Yeah, Lark's like, the operative word is look not sober. You you, you should never not look sober. I can't wait until he trains her to be a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. That's their training. They're in the woods and he just like, he's like, you gotta, you can't get the spins. Yeah. Someone tries to take your 
Sparkies, what do you do? You say, I'm fine. <laughs> say, we're confident. Don't slur it. He makes her do a keg stand. Do you making it. her do a keg stand and like timing it? <laughs> this montage is very funny, even though it's uh, bad. <laughs> so then she hops in the car and Vicky's there and she's off and she's smoking the joint. She's still holding that joint. Good for her. Then meanwhile, Matt and Bonnie are in a classroom and he's like, I'm so sorry. I trusted her. I didn't think she'd do something like this. And Bonnie's like, you just need to tell me what you did so that I can undo it. Then Alaric notices this big can of gasoline on the ground. And he thinks it's just like a drunk kid thing. He's like, see all the geniuses came out to the bonfire. And I'm like, Rick. You should be worried if the children were starting the bonfire with gasoline too. That is something you should be worried about. Rick is fully like wily Coyote finding a thing of dynamite under his car and being like, well, oh, crazy to find this here. Everyone else is the dummies, not me. Yep. So then Vicky uh, throws the joint in the ground. It sets the car on fire crazy fast. And suddenly she is trapped in, uh, Elaine is trapped inside it with an unconscious Stefan and she can't get out. What? Truly whoops. So then Vicky's like, I'm so sorry, Elena. And Alaric is beating on the windows with a little cross stick. Elena's kicking at it with her shoes. Nothing is breaking it. And meanwhile, Matt and Bonnie do some magic. She has to cut his other hand. I was like, just cut the same hand. Don't make both of his hands fucked for like a couple weeks. Like, that sucks. That's how you do magic in Mystic Falls, baby. But whatever. Stefan comes to and he's like, oh, shit. And he uh, is able to break the trunk and get them out of there, which is really nice. So then Bonnie's spell uh, summons Vicky to the classroom and she's like, wait, what the fuck's happening? And Matt's like, Bonnie's just fixing my mistake. She's like, the spell's working, Matt. The only reason Vicky's still here is because of you. And so Matt has this last moment with Vicky where he's just like I can't let you hurt anybody and Vicky says she'll stop doing everything she just begs him to not make her go and he's like I I have to this is wrong and you shouldn't be here Vicky apologizes and she said she just did it she didn't want to be alone anymore and Matt says neither did I but I have to let you go so they say goodbye and then she disappears and it's incredibly sad poor Matt god yeah definitely suffered through enough yeah and then Alaric's car explodes so that's enough. another innocent car dies in Mystic Falls it really is the home of car explosions <laughs> Car wrecks, car explosions, car theft, apparently, with Catherine. <laughs> so then we cut, and we have a uh, Damien and Elena scene. He's nursing her wounds. She is like, well, you played your part really well tonight. Rebecca was drooling all over you. And Damon's like, yeah, until she stabbed me. But, like, you were probably too drunk to notice. And Elena says, I was faking most of it. And Damon says, so was I. And then they fucking stare at each other. There's a lot of staring. She was not faking most of it uh, because she was very drunk because she's a little child. Mm -hmm. She wasn't faking her jealousy, that's for sure. Yeah, they are horny for each other. (laughs) And you know who doesn't like it? Alaric Saltzman. (laughs) I wonder why. He interrupts the fuck out of them and is like, hey, what if you stayed away from my daughter? (laughs) And Damon's like, hey, good work tonight. Sorry about your car. And Alaric like will not even look at him. He's uh, still mad at him. It's very, very funny. Then Caroline and Tyler post-coital. She's putting all her clothes back on and leaving. Because she says uh, Tyler has to earn the overnight. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. She leaves, but another blonde shows up. It's Rebecca. (laughs) She's like, I have something for you. And it's a girl. And uh, she's a huge-ass wound on her neck that Rebecca rubs, which I don't like. (laughs) 
And Tyler's like, you should go. And uh, Rebecca's like, are you sure? I'm sure my brother would want you to have this nice blood. And then they both chomp on her. Bad Tyler. Chomp, chomp bitch. Mm-hmm. So then in the tomb, Michael and Catherine are back together. Michael apologizes for his outburst. And he's like, I'm sorry, I just haven't drank any human blood for like as long as I can remember. She's like, why are you waking me up? And she's like, oh, I thought you might know how to kill Klaus. But uh, something tells me I've been misinformed. You have not, girl. You have not. Mm-hmm. So Michael's like, hey, help me with these chains. Because um, I can't kill Klaus with these on. And she's like, oh, well, yeah, sure. I'll help you with the chains. And he's like, I can kill Klaus and I will. She breaks the chains and he's moving. Like his movements are really late. And Catherine's like, you know, a little blood might grease those muscles up. And Michael's like, I don't feed on living things. And uh, sorry, there was a Fast and the Furious happening outside my uh, apartment. Um, yeah, um, someone was living life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> my family is here. But anyway, so he's like, I don't feed on living things. And then <laughs> wink, chomp, chomp, he eats Catherine. Whoops. So then over at the Salvatore house, Alaric and Elena are leaving, and Elena's like, you know it's okay if you want to be friends with Damon again, to which Alaric replies, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> These two crazy kids, will they ever work it out? God, I hope so. <laughs> Jill, are you are you upset that Damon and Alaric aren't friends right now? No, because I know that they'll become buddies once more. Oh, you have you have faith, Michael. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, dudes can have conflict, and it doesn't mean <laughs> that they've you know forgotten them each other. You can't keep two good bros down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they can have their ups and downs. It's okay. But what do you think it will be that brings them together if they co- get back together? Day drinking. <laughs> it hasn't worked yet, though. Maybe a woman will die. That'd be. <laughs> God. So Stefan shows up and he's like, wow, you got me tonight. Wasn't expecting it. And Alaric's like, yeah, that's kind of the fucking point, asshole. <laughs> and Stefan's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate me all you want, but Elena needs me and I'm going to protect her. So you want me to be around. Then Alaric kind of like steps aside and Stefan's like, Elena, wait. He pulls a full Stefan, like a full Steve. He's like season one style smoldering. You could have let me die in that fire tonight. Why didn't you? <laughs> And uh, Elena pulls a classic Elena and says it's because I still have hope. (laughs) Stefan is just like whispering, like practically, like after everything I've done, you still think I'll be able to find my humanity. And she's like, I do. I know who you really are and I'm not giving up. And um, you guys, (laughs) I can't handle what happens next because it's so good. I am a big fan of the Buffy, like, Angelus arc at the end of uh, season two. And this is kind of the Vampire Diaries riff on that. And I love it because he says, Elena, do you have any idea how pathetic that makes you? (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking asshole. He's a piece of shit. She can't save him like this. It is going to have to be a different way. Mm-hmm. And and I think the deal is Elena finally gets that because she says, no, Stefan, it makes me strong. And she punches him in the stomach with the steak weapon and fucking stabs the shit out of him. Yes. Like takes the sleeve off of it and gives it to Alaric and storms out. And it Elena lifts, bro. <laughs> she looked at that one time. Don't fuck with her. <laughs> 
so good. Truly, that is my girl. I love her to death. This rules. She is strong. She's emotionally intelligent. She was kind of naive, but just by virtue of being really optimistic and believing in love and believing in the people that she cares about. But she is adapting and she is refusing to give up. And I just think it's really cool. Like, this is the kind of protagonist we deserve in our, you know, fantasy romance stuff. <laughs> not uh, not too bad on the eyes either. Uh, am I right? Uh, that's, uh, that's something that's uh, also pretty important, I think. It's uh, cool that you lowered your sunglasses down yeah. on the bridge of your nose before you said that. <laughs> So then we cut to a Jeremy scene. He's leaving Bonnie a voicemail and he's like, shouldn't we talk about this? Uh, too late, dummy. Shut the fuck up. Anna shows up and she's like, I shouldn't be here. And Jeremy's like, yeah, no kidding. And she's like, fuck you. I am here because you are thinking about me. And then they're both like, I can't stop thinking about you. I can't stop thinking about you either. And then they accidentally touch and she's corporeal. <laughs> and they interlock fingers. And hey, Michael, remember when you said he couldn't fuck Anna? The game is about <laughs> I, to change. I am aware. I am aware. <laughs> fuck that ghost. So then we caught on over to Damon, who is rolling up a rug. <laughs> God. Then a vase breaks, and Damon's like, keep it up, Stefan. And he's so annoyed, and he starts picking up all the pieces of the vases. And then someone hits him really hard, and he flies across the room, and he falls on the floor. Who is doing this? Who's the prank Sinatra of this moment right here? Oh, it's none other than Mason fucking Lockwood, who Yay! is back. I... He's back, baby. What? How? <laughs> yes. 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 I saw his heart get ripped out of his body. Yeah, you did, bitch. How the fuck <laughs> is he back? He back. He back. I would, you could uh, take a look at the title of the next episode, maybe. <laughs> Do you want me to read the, the title of the next two episodes for you? Please. Yeah. So, uh, seven and eight are Ghost World oh. and Ordinary People. Okay, mm. so he's a ghost? A g g g ghost. And, uh, you know, he might not be the only ghost we see in the, that episode, by the way. Might not be. God, so many people have died. Uh-huh. Yes, so many people have died. Well, I hope one is Lexi. That would be fun. It, it would, would be, be fun, fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but before we start talking about things that would be fun, let's talk about these episodes. I, I need Jill's rankings. I need people to say crushes. I'm I'm going wild over here. <laughs> Do we want to start with the rankings? Of course, as always. Have they changed? Right. They have. Whoa. Ah! <laughs> Coming in at number five, we have Rick. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. At number four, we have Caroline. Yeah. Coming in hot at number three, we have mm -hmm. none other than Steven. <laughs> Steven? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and then the top two are consistent. We have Damo yeah. at two and Tyler at one. Yes. There they are. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I fucking love Bad Steve so much. <laughs> How can you for crushes, baby? Yeah. Who are you guys' crushes? Oof, crushes. So Steven is one of them. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Without a doubt. Steven and who else? Hmm. Some hot episodes, to be honest. Can I just say double Steven? You are That's allowed. literally mine. Mine is Steve <laughs> yes. for both episodes. <laughs> yes. I love this for you guys. 
<laughs> Steven is my crush for the second episode and my crush for the first one <laughs> is none other than mashed potatoes himself, Maddie Blue Eyes. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of him. He's so good in this episode. He gets he gets to be my crush. <laughs> I love Yay, this. Good for him. Michael crushes time. Uh, definitely good Elena episodes for me. The second episode in particular, we have all her all her Buffy shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Very good. And uh, I'll throw uh, Rebecca in there because I haven't been on for a uh, Rebecca episodes yet. I'm not quite at her peak, but she's doing her thing. She has what? her accent. Did splits. That's <laughs> mainly the yeah. Did the splits. <laughs> did the splits. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you know what time it is, right, guys? It's time for Boy Corner. Boy Corner. Boy Corner. All right, let's get serious. Welcome to Boy Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have uh, a ranked list. We're going to go through it. Uh, I'm so excited. We're going to start with number five. Okay. Number five. I'm going to say, I'm going to put Jeremy here. Number five Uh, boy? Jeremy, number five boy. I like, you know, the indecisiveness is both admirable and a bit, a bit lamentable. Uh, but I, I, I think that it is truly a boy's decision to not make a decision. Uh, a boy, just to be like, look, I talking to a bunch of people who were like, you know, you could solve a lot of things by just kind of choosing what you want, articulating it. And he uh, is like, well, that's insane. No one could make a choice. Uh, In the words of Stephen Sondheim, you know what your decision is, which is not to decide. Please continue. Uh, please don't interrupt, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number four, uh, we got Damo. Boy four. Damo. Boy number four. Kind of just doing consistent Damo shenanigans. I like Damon Klaus scenes where Klaus is just beating up Damon the whole time, but Damon <laughs> maintains Damon energy. The main uh, highlight here is definitely, definitely when he tells Catherine, I w- wouldn't have done it for you. Fuck yeah. Uh, he does show a girl how to do something from behind, which is like pro. Oh yeah, that's up there. That's yeah. that's great. Yeah, <laughs> number three. This is a tie. <gasps> Ooh, a boy tie. And this is not like it's a tie, and then I skip to one. No, this is a tie on three, and then we're gonna go to two. I've Hell maximized yeah. the boys uh, for everybody here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Stefan and Tyler are tied here for being sweet himbo simps for Klaus, uh, <laughs> and they. <laughs> They just, they know where their loyalty lies. They know who their dude is. They both needed to to be, like, corralled a little bit in the first episode. But then we see they got there. And they, and they're good soldiers. And they're, more importantly, they're good bros. Uh, Number two, Klaus himself for, you know, really solidifying his lieutenant boys. But right now he's the top boy. He's making the calls. He's causing the drama. He is putting the time on the clock and he is calling that time. This is Klaus's era here. Good Klaus shit. He's ruling. I just realized who number Uh, one must be. Number one boy. Unprecedented. (laughs) This will not happen again. The number one boy is Matt. Oh, yes. uh, and I'll tell My you God. why we, we've talked a lot about <laughs> Buffy here and Buffy I'm does punching the air the thing where <laughs> it's like you can't beat me and Buffy's like uh, I have a rocket launcher uh, yes I can the equivalent of slaying vampires in this show is dying in order to uh, enact an elaborate scheme and <laughs> Matt dies to enact an elaborate scheme and he shows everyone you don't need any magic bullshit you just need to be a fucking idiot and uh 
You need to be willing to drown yourself. You just need to th- you need to th- put your life behind every swing of your blade, and that is what Matt Donovan does here, and that makes him the ultimate number one boy of the week in this week's boy corner. I also right at the end put in the zero spot uh, Mason for just you know I wasn't on during any Mason episodes. I fucking love Mason. Uh, glad it's also to see- insane that you weren't on for any Mason episodes. Well, there's you know no, it's it's all good. We we it's all strategic. It's happening quickly. I was on for this is a Mason episode. He's number zero. He's the boy uh, in he's the patient zero of boy energy on the show. Yeah, he, he's the boy uh, after whom all other boys uh, must follow. Uh, and he he shows up, promises good things to come. That was this week's boy corner. Boy corner. Boy corner. Oh, I love boy corner, guys. I mean, I, I, I hate boy does. corner, but it is my solemn duty to tell you the boys. <laughs> Do you guys have any more thoughts? Yeah, any final thoughts on uh, these episodes, guys? I mean, I just, they rule, they didn't disappoint. I said at one point in the chat, there is nothing in this world that beats watching every episode of The Vampire Diaries of seasons one, two, and the beginning of three, and getting to the reckoning. There's something about it. It just, it just hits beautifully, especially in the place it is in the series. Like, even when I watch it out of context, it rules. But having just watched everything, like, that makes, that this, this show is so good because it's great when you watch all of it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a silly way to describe it, but it really is a show that rewards you for continuing to watch it. It really cares about his characters. It really does the work. I think there are some missteps on occasion because how do you make something for this long without doing it less than perfect every once in a while? But Mm -hmm. I just think that it's always real drama that's moving moment to moment, reacting to the thing that just happened. And lately with like your Westworlds and your Legions and your our premium cable stuff pushing us in more of an art house direction with our, you know, 10 hour movies and everything. I just think a lot of that stuff can end up like not being real TV and not being anything of substance. And this show is real TV, in my opinion. It's high quality rock and roll music. And I love it. Aw. <laughs> and I love really watching sweet. it with you guys because it's so fun. <laughs> My final thought is not as eloquent as that, so I'm sorry. No! <laughs> what were you going to say before I do my final thought? <laughs> oh, God, it's so cheesy. It's when I had to interview for my scholarship for school to go to a fake movie school. I said that TV is my favorite art form because it's the one that you grow up alongside, that you invite the characters into your house and you watch them from your couch, either by yourself or with the people that you care about, and you just agree to give a shit for, you know, the 45 minutes of the episode. And all the show has to do is to promise to give a shit back. And that's the contract you go into when you start to watch something that you care about. And like, in this pandemic, when everything has been very hard, lately, my couch has been with you guys watching this on Netflix chat. And it's just been really nice. It has helped make so many things less terrible. And I love doing it with the show. And I really like doing it with you guys. So that's what I want to say. Aww. You're my buddies. Make me cry, Morgan. God, God, the world is ass right now. And this is like <laughs> the one thing to look forward to. So it really yeah. is. And I think that it matters. I'm going to get canceled for saying this, but I don't care. The living room television set is like (laughs) the new campfire. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I have to stone Michael to death. (laughs) But Jill, please say what you are going to say. (laughs) Uh, Mine is not as um, touching as that. 
Mine is just that I'm really concerned for Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for getting our priorities back in check. (laughs) Like, here, let me ruin this, like, really sweet, touching moment about how we all love each other, and let me be concerned for my boy. (laughs) Please never stop talking about your boys on this show. I, I think you have every right to be worried about your boy. Uh, I feel like I mean, the yeah. mighty the mighty's gonna fall. <laughs> I mean it's it's Jill Corner now, I guess. Hell yes. Jill, do you wanna make more predictions about the future of the season? Ooh, please. Um my prediction <laughs> I have no fucking <laughs> idea. Uh, I think in relation to my rankings, uh, mm-hmm. which is the only thing I can properly predict, mm-hmm. I do think we are gonna see the fall of Tyler. <gasps> And oh, the wow. rise of Steve. Whoa. Wow. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Steve. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, Tyler and Steve are a dyad in the Force. <laughs> well, to put it in um, Michael's terms, they're simping for Klaus. <laughs> I think that's my type. <laughs> I mean, that also kind of defines Elijah, too, so. Yep. Yeah. It's a recurring thing in the show. I miss Elijah, guys. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, I mean, he's just in a coffin, wherever, wherever the coffin is. I feel like he'll be back. <laughs> Look, what one can only hope. If they miraculously brought Mason back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not really... All you have to do is take the dagger out of Elijah. Yeah. It's far less complicated. It's really easy to physically do the work of bringing him back. It's just going to be hard to buy that someone could do it when Klaus doesn't want them to. <laughs> so that's that, right? No other yeah. no other takes? I think we're good. I think we've discussed these episodes and a lot of other things I need to cut out of the podcast. <laughs> and a few things maybe you could even keep in. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, it's going to get to a point where like, I'm just going like, to chop so much out of these episodes. They will be even more incomprehensible than they're already are oh great (laughs) these are getting long you guys they really are apologies so plug time hell yeah of course you can find me at uh lafergs on twitter that's the only place on social media i'm at you can find me on twitter at lorgan mudich that's also what i am on letterboxd if you want to check out some of my very silly movie reviews over there as well and you can find me on twitter at jilbo baggins with two i's instead of two l's and on letterboxd and other social media i am at Jill D-E-F-I. Love it. Michael? Michael Chasen on Twitter and M Chasen on Letterboxd. That's a C-H-A-S-I-N. And with that, uh, bye everyone. No bit to end the episode for once. Bye. <laughs> bye. Cause I'm just a teen.